0: Good evening everyone and welcome to a special, is it special, an amazing Saturday edition of Prospects After Dark. Uh, Welcome to our little charade as it were. Uh, Look, we decided to do it on Saturday night because honestly I was just kind of feeling it. Uh, The other reason we decided to do it on Saturday night is sometimes I drink too much during Prospects After Dark and going to work on a Monday morning after getting drunk a little bit on a Sunday night isn't exactly delightful. Uh, As Josh enters our little chat, hello Josh, how are you, Fish? Uh, Hello Fish, how are you, bud? Welcome to Prospects After Dark, everyone. Uh, You know, honestly, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves, we don't have a ton extra to talk about tonight. Uh, Jack and a Bunch of Numbers says, haven't been to one of these in a few. Hey Kyle, hey Jack and a a Bunch of Numbers. And you know, honestly, I don't think we've ever done a Prospects After Dark on a Saturday. So we might as well break the trend. Uh, I don't know what kind of crowd, what kind of questions we're going to have. Uh, You know, uh, we've had a few free agent signings in baseball. There really isn't a ton to talk about with the Cardinals. Uh, As our good friend Graham, who is back amongst us, uh, our Twitter people mentioned, uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the Cardinals outfield situation, Cardinals pitching, all that stuff. Uh, We've got depth chart stuff to talk about. But other than that, like, let's just have some fun. Give me your psychological disorders and problems, and I'll treat them as if I know what I'm talking about and probably get sued for it. Josh says, would you rather get Ozuna or Castellanos or Jack Peterson, I guess? Uh, for me, I'd rather have Castellanos. Uh, I, I just think that you're going to actually get a, a more defined offensive production out of Castellanos. They're both terrible outfielders, uh, so it's really one or the other in that regard. But I just like Castellanos better. I think he's more dynamic. You know, I think with Ozuna, we focused on the 29 home runs last year, even though we missed a month of the season. And uh, we get excited about that because 29 home runs is a big offensive, produce, like, big offensive production. But remember, about 50 other guys hit about 29 home runs last year. Uh, That's not so, it's not so robust anymore. I think those doubles from Castellanos have staying power. I think the power that he showed in Wrigley has staying power. And if I had to choose one or the other, I'd choose Castellanos. But again, I am one of these people who is really intrigued by the Cardinals' potential outfield competition. I like Jack Peterson a lot, too. Jack in a bunch of numbers says, Kyle, you getting drafted for World War III? Uh, You know, I think I'm too old for it now at this point. Uh, to all the, we'll pour our first one out to all the people who might get drafted if something like that happens, but let's not all freak out just yet. I sure hope it doesn't, uh, Mancini or Jacques, Trey Mancini or Jacques Peterson. I'll take, you know, I think, so here's the deal is I like Peterson's back. I think he's dynamic. Uh, I worry about the splits and if you're going to trade for anybody, you want somebody who can play every day. Now, I don't know Trey Mancini splits lefties versus righties. Uh, I would assume that Jack Peterson would cost more than Trey Mancini, although Trey Mancini has been a very good player for a couple of years now. Uh, so if you're talking about a guy who you could probably use every day over a guy you're using in a platoon, when you already have some left-handed bats that are better suited for a platoon, i maybe take Trey Mancini. But I mean, realistically, it won't be either. I think uh, I realistically won't be either. Dan Baker says, Saturday night and not shirtless. What else am I at home catching pad, Kyle? Uh, uh, you know, why else are you at home catching pad? Because you're one of our fine pad people. Uh, look, I wouldn't anticipate a shirtless Prospects After Dark, Uh, uh, but we'll see how the night goes. Maybe if Dan McLaughlin comes in here, I'll show him what I'm working with and hope I can find my way onto the broadcast. Uh, Sean Sandifer says, Graham, hope you're doing well, friend. Yeah, Graham, uh, you know, last Prospects After Dark, we talked about you a little bit because we all love you and we're all worried about you, and we're glad that you're doing well. We're glad that you're here. Keep up the fight. and know that all of us... All of us are here for you. Not just the pad people, not just the birds on the black people. Uh, your entire Twitter community is here for you, bud. Uh, Coach Housley says, let's talk about how awesome pad people are after I finally got my Carlson Auto ticket. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know that, Coach Housley. That is great news. To uh, my little amazing pad community. By the way, tonight we are drinking Woodford Reserve. A uh, big shout out to Tom Ackerman, uh, who loves Woodford Reserve. Uh, uh, anyways, to our amazing Prospects After Dark and Birds on the Black community, that allowed Coach Housley to get a a ticket to winter warm-up to get an autograph from from Dylan Carlson. Guys, well done. That's awesome. That warms my heart. You're awesome. Matt Thompson says, my man. Matt Thompson, you're my man. By the way, on Monday, over at uh, Prospects Live, Matt released his top 30 prospects in the Cardinals organization. It was so well done. If you haven't checked it out, you need to go to Prospects Live and do it now. Uh, Again, I – they do it differently than I do, and I love it, and I respect it, and it also helps open my eyes a little bit to other things. Uh, as most of you know, I'm not really keen on, when I'm doing my list, looking at other people's lists, getting information from outside of where I'm at because I want it to be genuinely mine, and I don't want to have, like, I don't want to have my perception of things, like, change. I, I want to be wrong when I'm wrong, and I want to be right when I'm right. Uh, but what they do over at Prospects Live is top-notch. You know, if, if people are open-minded – by the end of the year, Prospects Live is going to be where people go to get their prospect information. It's not going to be Fran graphs It's not going to be Baseball America. Uh, uh, it's going to be Prospects Live. And that's not to diminish, like, Prospects 1500, uh, 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 Prospects 365. There are plenty of great, great providers out there. Our good friends at the Cardinal Nation, uh, uh, Brian Walton and Derek Shore. There are plenty of great things out there. But I just love what Prospect Live does. Uh, and I think it's a little bit more new age than what you might otherwise see. Other places. Hooks Bear says Saturday pad was meant to be. Uh, leave for boot camp tomorrow, so I get one last dose of pad. To so Hooks Bear, uh, to you, we wish you nothing but the best. I hope boot camp is as good for you as it can possibly be. Uh, uh, thank you, uh, and thank you for your service. We really appreciate it. And thank you for being a pad person, and hopefully we'll get to see you in the very near future, my friend. To you. Tara says, hi. Hello, Tara. How are you? Welcome to Prospects After Dark. We've been pretty tor- toned down so far. I'm going to try to keep it that way. Uh, sometimes I get out of control as I've, I'm coming to find out and I don't even realize it. Nick Loomis says, "O'Neill or Bader, who you like better? I like Tyler O'Neill better. I, I've been on board with Tyler O'Neill for a very long time since he was a 20-year-old in A, winning an MVP award for the Southern League with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, to me, Tyler O'Neill, if given the right opportunity uh, and everyday playing time, is a very, very capable and above average offensive producing corner outfielder. Uh, I, I don't know how sustainable it is, and I don't know how long it'll be sustainable for. But I know that in the month that he replaced uh, Marcelo Zuna, he was effective uh, as a number four, number five hitter playing in the corner. He's a, he's a better right fielder than he is anywhere else. I don't know what that means for the Cardinals moving forward. Uh, I imagine that also creates a logjam there. But I'll take, look, I, I appreciate the supremely elite defense of Harrison Bader. I hope he's taking steps this offseason to alleviate some of our offensive concerns about him but I love Tyler O'Neill. Uh, I, we joke around about calling him Prince Sacks. We joke around about his amazing physique. Uh, he's a really great guy. You know, we, we talk about, you know, Tyler O'Neill. Like, he's just, he's awesome like that. But for real, uh, when we've seen him play every day, he's a very talented and capable everyday major leaguer. And when we've seen him have 20 at-bats over a month, we see a guy who swings at everything and is off balance in, in, the, uh, in the batter's box. And I really don't think we're ever going to see a production out of him if he doesn't play every day. And I also don't think that if he – I think if he, like, sits on the bench for another year, the Cardinals might end up ruining any chance he has of being a very good player uh, in the long term. Zach says, my – oh, hey, Zach Gifford is here. Zach Gifford, my AirPods are dead and I'm in public, so I'll be back in a few when they have a charge. No, no, Zach, just, uh, just like, uh, wireless sync it to whatever television device is around. A flat screen look – Uh, I think that your best bet, if you're in public, uh, even on the subway, is to just play me loud. Uh, Spence Ryan says, thanks for doing this, Kyle. I listen all the time, but I finally get to listen. I'm sort of drunk. These are my people, my bad people. I am privileged to have you here. It makes me glad that we did a Saturday Prospects After Dark. I'm glad you're kind of drunk. Bring your questions. Bring your comments. Do crazy stuff. Uh, If it's your first Prospects After Dark, if it's the first time you've had an opportunity to watch watch Prospects After Dark, if you're listening right now on the podcast, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, welcome back to Prospects After Dark, or welcome to Prospects After Dark. We're like 10 minutes in. No one's asking about Danny Mac. This is great. Uh, Josh says, we really need another high OBP guy in front of Goldie. Uh, to me, I think it's all about, if, if, again, the Cardinals have hitters that can get on base, and they're somewhat streaky. So I think, uh, just me. I think that if Edmund's going well, you can get away with Edmund and Wong in front of Goldie. I think if Fowler and Carpenter are seeing the ball well, you can do Fowler, Carpenter. But you can't have a set lineup, not with this group of players. You know, I have a firm belief that Matt Carpenter's best days are uh, his best chance of being like a complete Major League player. Not complete, but a competitive Major League player, a, a producing Major League player is to go up against righties more often than he goes up against lefties. And to see very few lefties, I think that's how you get it. I think that the Cardinals, if they're using their guys right, if they're playing the hot hand, they have guys who can get on base before Goldschmidt. Uh, uh, I just think that you can't stick with those guys regardless of the situation. I think that lineup needs to be as fluid as possible, and that comes down to the manager. Pete 506, I usually only listen on pla- – uh, I only us- let me start over. I usually only listen to the podcast. Glad to be here live. Me too, Pete 506. We just did a cheers to you. Uh, I'm going to do another one. Tonight's going to be weird because there's a really good chance that we're going to end up following bourbon with tequila. Uh, Matt Thompson, if Aronado, if Aronado gets moved, which I doubt, and it's not to the Cardinals, I'm going to lose it. Uh, to me, now, again, I always – look, I want Nolan Arenado to be a St. Louis Cardinal more than I want any other player in baseball to be a St. Louis Cardinal. Uh, maybe this side of Francisco Lindor uh, as a fan. But if I look at it and say that, like, it was Gavin Lux – uh, Corey Seager, you know, to the, from the Dodgers or something like that. If, if it's a laundry list of prospects and taking on that salary, then I'm not going to be that mad about it. I'm going to be upset that the Cardinals won't have Nolan Arenado, uh, but it just all depends on what the details are. You know, if the Cardinals have to give up Nolan Gorman and Dylan Carlson and uh, Andrew Kisner and Ryan Helsley to get it done and take on all that contract, I still don't do it. Uh, but if they can make it match and it's a reasonable trade. Uh, then I will be kind of upset too, because we will know at that point for sure that it just came down to the the, the finances of it all, and that's frustrating once again. Uh, John uh, Spencer Ryan says, Jan Torres going to average going to be an average defensive outfielder. Yeah, look, uh, Jan Torres is a very, very, uh, like right now it's probably safe to call him average corner outfielder. He has a very good arm. Uh, he covers a decent amount of ground, more than likely he's best suited for right. You don't want to spin him in left. He doesn't have, like, he doesn't get the reads that you would want there. But I think you're talking about the very least an average, uh, as he continues to evolve, an average corner outfielder defensively for sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dennis says, FYI, I'm just watching while I poop. Uh, we've said it many times that the most enjoyment you'll ever get out of prospects after dark is if you do it while you're pooping. Uh, under most circumstances, we say masturbating, but you probably can't get off with my face on the screen. The Blind Hover says, Cardinals need to resign someone. ha. <laughs> Uh, Real fast, Uh, to you, uh, Mr. Ackerman, I raised my glass. Uh, Again, uh, a Woodford Reserve. I'm thrilled. This makes my night, man. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's great. Boy, I feel like an asshole now, though. Uh, Let's see. Kyle, you're beautiful. Nicholas Childress, you're beautiful. I'm glad that you managed to escape your your cat who was looking into your soul and following you uh, to your car. That's hilarious. Uh, Hello, Victoria. How are you? Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Uh, go, Kyle from Blues Buzz. Hey, Blues Buzz. That's a fun little thing that they got going on over there. Follow Blues Buzz. Uh, Whitewater, our attorney, our great friend, Adam Van Drack says, ready for awesome stuff, Kyle. Yeah, um, look, uh, we've got a Cardinals Caravan coming up. Speaking of Tom Ackerman, Tom will more than likely MC one of the Cardinals Caravans. Uh, those are amazing. Uh, we've got, look, we've got a new year. We've got spring training just six weeks away or whatever it is, six, eight weeks away, somewhere around there. We've got Cardinals Caravan coming up. We've got winter warm up coming up. Uh, we've got a regular season. We've got, you know, for me, like, you've got the draft six months away. We're, in the, we're on the cusp of another Major League Baseball season. And while it might not be as aggressive as people might otherwise want, we can be happy that the Cardinals are still in a position to win the National League Central, uh, to feel a competitive team with really good pitching and really, really solid defense. Uh, the one thing about losing Marcelo Zuna, if they end up losing Marcelo Zuna, and right now it looks more than likely that they, like, more than it did a couple months ago that they're going to bring him back, uh, the one thing about losing Marcelo Zuna is you know you're not going to get kicked defensively for him being gone, not to bash on him or anything like that. But the Cardinals have good pitching and solid pitching depth, and they have good fielding, and the bats just need to be organized right to get the most out of them. So, yes, we have awesome stuff on the horizon, Adam, for sure. Uh, Brian J underscore five, have you seen Bader's swing change? If so, thoughts? I have not seen his swing change. I will say that you could tell and see the tweaks that he made Um Entering the 2019 season, and I was really bullish on it. I don't think the swing change is is the problem with Harrison Bader. I think it's as simple as approach. Uh, he can tweak and adjust his swing. Look, he's a he has a he has a short swing through the zone. He has a lot of power in that swing. It's just a matter of approach with him. If he can commit to an approach uh, and beat those tough sliders from right-handers, just like with Tyler O'Neill, if he can beat those tough sliders from right-handers, that's the key. It's just a matter of approach. I don't worry like. I don't want him to focus on the swing. I want him to focus on his approach. Coach Housley says, what does a Rosarena seem like a hot topic and then disappeared? Yeah, I would imagine that the reason that the hot topic of Randy a Rosarena kind of disappeared because he just didn't play. Like the opportunities weren't there for him exactly down the stretch, uh, depending on what your outlook is on the opportunities down the stretch. Uh, I have always said with Randy a Rosarena, he is like a perfect fourth outfielder. To me, he's like over the long-term, Gerardo Parra. You're talking about two years as like a solid starter, maybe five to ten years as a major league fourth, fifth outfielder. Uh, spark plug, can run the bases, uh, uh, can come in and play good defense, has an electric arm out in the outfield. Uh, you know, I think I think he's more than that. I think he can be more than that. But I think if I'm hedging my bets, I'm hedging something similar to Gerardo Parra. And that's a really great major league player. Like, that's a guy worthy of a 25-man or what it will be a 26-man spot for years to come uh and if you're if you're getting him when he's at the peak which it looked like he was at AAA and double AA in 2019 then maybe he's more than that uh but as we know especially as we talked about harrison bader and tyler o'neill it's all about opportunity uh, i would like to see him get a legitimate opportunity as we enter 2020 and it seems like he's going to get a legitimate opportunity as we enter 2020 and i'm anxious to see what it looks like but i think if we're hedging our bets uh uh the most likely outcome is something similar to Gerardo Parra. Remember, he's a smart guy who gets over-aggressive at times on the bases at the plate and in the field, but he's a really, really great piece that you can add to a 25 or 26 man roster and benefit from uh, Sean Sandifer says, if Wayne was a starter, have we failed? No, no. Look, Adam Wainwright was really good last year. Now we're going to look at his fit, and we're going to look at his ERA and we're going to be like, well, that was really bad, but he was so good at home and he was so great in the playoffs. Don't forget about how dynamic Adam Wainwright was in the playoffs. You can argue that he was the Cardinals' best starting pitcher in the playoffs. Uh, I don't think so at all. Look, I like Wayno going into the season as a starter. I like the depth that they have behind him, whether it's Hennesis Cabrera or, or Kim or Carlos Martinez or whoever it is. Like, I like the depth they have behind him to use him at, to, to like buffer him in case things go bad. But Adam Wainwright has earned that ability. Uh, you know, Honestly, I, I don't think he drinks. He seems like the nicest guy on earth. The most virtuous and idealistic human being that you could see. I want to raise my glass to Adam Wainwright. Uh, what I view as a Cardinal Hall of Famer, I would push to have number 50 retired. I think he's a stand up human being who I would aspire to be like. Uh, so to Adam Wainwright, I raise my glasses. My glasses? These are my glasses. I raise my glass. Uh, let's see. Adam Van Grack says, Totally agree with Tyler, has a ton of potential. I like what you did there. A real RW22 says, Bro Neil is yoked. Nick Loomis says, Kyle looking sexy tonight. Now we're talking uh Phil says this is my first pad what is this i never forget your first that's right uh anyone else 43 says i never got to tune in live usually just hear you on podcasts there was no beard last time man i i can't imagine a time when i didn't have a beard are you serious man well welcome back to prospects after dark i'm so happy you're here uh real rw22 says i was just about to ask about danny mack uh let's just get right into that look I want to applaud Dan McLaughlin for having a very open and wonderful conversation uh, with both myself and Zach Gifford and Tara Wellman, along with some other people today about the broadcast. Like, the fact that you can have an open conversation is really important when it comes to this stuff. I admire him for the way he handled it today. It was awesome. Any criticism that I have about Dan McLaughlin is not directed at all about the way that he broadcasts a game. There There isn't better. You know, John Rooney is the only person that I've seen or heard on a daily broadcast, that's better than him, uh, and that's because Lo- Rooney is a true legend. Like he's he's something else. Uh, I have no criticisms about that. You know, the only criticism I've ever had about Dan McLaughlin is the way that he handles Twitter. Sometimes, when people criticize, when fans criticize the broadcast, I, I'm excited about the potentials of having a scoops with Danny Mac and Trevor Bauer and seeing how that goes. Uh, Trevor. By the way, the reason we're talking about Danny Mac, other than that, he's great. Is that uh, uh, Trevor Bauer made some comments on MLB Network, uh, uh, on the, uh, uh, the serious MLB Network, about modern day announcers crippling the game and the interest of the game in baseball. And I believe that personally, this is about color commentators. I think the play by play people are pretty good. I just think that a lot of times the color commentators are guys who are removed from baseball, uh, 20, you know, 20 years removed from baseball who don't understand exactly the direction that baseball has gone in. And instead of trying to understand it and inform, they talk down on it. And I believe Trevor Bauer has a point there, which hurts me to say because Trevor Bauer is a maniac. Uh, but uh, anyways, that's, that's the only real thing to say about Dan McLaughlin. He should definitely be applauded for the way that he handled our discourse. And it wasn't even discourse, just our communication today. Uh, also, hat tip, hat tip to Tara Woman and Zach Gifford in particular, for articulating their points wonderfully. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of, uh, of pad people, like uh, Wages of Ben, uh, uh, there were plenty of people in there who were also articulating their points great, and Mr. McLaughlin was listening uh, and expounding on his his spots. Uh, so I raise my glass to Dan McLaughlin, to the pad people, to Zach and Tara, uh, for having a really open and honest and wonderful, in my opinion, conversation about something that really affects all baseball fans, which is the broadcast. Uh, I believe it has a tendency to be wonderful if modernized, and hopefully the fans embrace that if it just becomes a natural and fluent part of the broadcast. Let's see. Uh, thoughts on the Bauer Danny Mac not gotcha conversation happen? I'm excited to listen to scoops. Oh, uh, wait, there's a podcast for this. There is, Dennis. How crazy is that? Tara says I was hoping you'd just read advanced stats to us for three hours, Tara. Three hours, not two. What a crazy comment that was. Victoria says, my first ever pad was the, ra- the raffle episode where you thought I wasn't a real person. That's right. Uh, that was great. Uh, to, uh, yeah, to, that was incredible. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we raised a little bit of money with uh, uh, Matt Knowles, who's not like Jack of Cards. And uh, it, it worked out great. And uh, Between like Jeff Niehaus and Victoria Dryden, they like won everything, but we tried to figure out a way to make it happen. Craig Misch was also there for that, and that was wonderful. Uh, uh, that's how Craig Misch became a, pr- a pad person. And uh, uh, he won a bunch of stuff too, but of course he didn't take it. He gave it away because he's great. And by the way, Craig Mish, we'll raise our glass to Craig Mish, who went out of his way to make sure that Graham was okay, to let Graham know that he was even there for Graham when Graham was going through a tough time. I love this community. I love to be able to say not only that Graham is a part of the community, but that Craig Mish is too. And I love to see that kind of su- support for members within our community, uh, from members within our community. It- it's just heartwarming. It's awesome. I'm already almost through this glass. Ring, ring, ring. What's up? From Daddy Petty. I'm on the line, Daddy Petty. I'm on the line. Cheers, Kyle. Hey, to you, Ryan. Cheers to Ryan. The Real RW22 says, can we do a breakdown of how XW on base percentage is a better predictor of future weighted on base percentage than actual weighted on base percentage? No, because you just said all that matters. The X is about predicting the future as opposed to the weighted on base percentage. Uh, that's, you managed to do it and that's why it's uh, it's a better predictor for the future than it is of current. Uh, Spencer Ryan says, going to have to get some more Balvene for this. Oh, good for you, Spencer Ryan. That Belvene is delicious. Amazing scotch. Eric Thomas says, got to go early, be safe, happy, and successful in the new year. To my good friend, Eric Thomas, who gives us our sign off. Uh, uh, welcome to, thank you for being a part of the resistance a uh, Terminator reference. Uh, Eric Thomas is a great man, part of our Pacific Northwest Bureau of Prospects After Dark. To Eric Thomas uh, and his wonderful dog Radar, I raise my glass. Straight back says, "Hey, Negro, you speak fast. I do. Let's not let's not throw Negro out there. I'm gonna be in trouble. Uh, my wife left me from Champ's Cup. You probably deserved it. Uh, I know if I had a wife, she'd leave me." Uh, yo, that cat video was creepy. I agree. Zach said he's back. He's got his earbuds in or ear pods or whatever those things are. Welcome back, Zach. Uh, Obo No says, champs cups. She left you where? Oh, boy. Uh, Straight back says, cuz. Slow down. Sorry, this is Prospects After Dark. Welcome to the madness. Uh, hey, freaking cards. What's up, freaking cards? How are you? Will you love me again? From Graham. Graham, Graham I love you, babies. I love you. Look, I mean this. I'm jo- I was going to joke around. Graham, I'm so happy you're here. Everyone in our community is so happy you're here. We never stop loving you. We always love you, bud. We're here for you in any capacity you need, just as you'd be here for us, uh, except for maybe Pat B. No, I'm joking. Uh, ben Cerrini is here. Hello, Ben. Welcome uh, welcome to Prospects After Dark, Ben. The real RW22 says, at least Texas isn't an awful state. Look, I'm going to stay out of that one. Uh, Alex Christopher says, number one, to, this is to Zach. Uh, how does one do earbuds without losing them, and can you run with them? I'm not going to be able to answer either of those. Uh, let's see. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Speaking of Randy Kyle, how's this look? Oh, boy, from Ben Severdi, there's something coming. Uh, 68 Inches and Ugly says, Is it just me or does Dylan Carlson's swing look like Oscar Tavares? Now, for me, it doesn't look like Oscar Tavares. And, of course, I always issue this warning that what someone's swing looks like doesn't matter at all when predicting future success. To me, I, I think it's beautiful and majestic. And if that's what you're talking about and refer like referring to Oscar Tavares, yes, you're right. It's beautiful and majestic, but it's shorter through the path. Uh, shorter, like it's just a shorter swing. It's quicker. It stays in the zone longer. Uh, and also, it's different depending on what the pitch is and where the location is. The two things that I never liked about or the one thing that I never liked about Oscar Tavares and Colby Rasmus is their swing was always the same, they never changed their swing. Dylan Carlson's smarter than that, he's better than that, better than both of them, smarter than both of them. Uh, and there's something different to his swing, but I get what you're saying. It's beautiful, it's majestic, it's wonderful, uh, it's it's left handed and delightful. Zach says, Is Graham in here? He is Graham, uh, he is, uh, Zach Ben Nazara. Hey, Ben, what's up? How big of a miss will not signing rule bear a uh, Luis Robert B for cards management? Again, it just depends on how much major league success he has. As of right now, it looks like a huge swing and a miss. No doubt about it. And you guys know, anybody who's been following me for any substantial amount of time knows that there wasn't anyone who was more on board with the Cardinals signing Luis Robert than I was. There not one. You can Google search it, you can Twitter search it. I challenge you to Twitter search from Colon, K Y-L-E R 416, space, Robert and find anyone who was more vocal about the Cardinals' need to sign Luis Robert than I was. There was not a human being. It was disgusting. It was embarrassing when you look back on it from my standpoint to myself, about myself. No one deserved it more. But if the White Sox just gave him a huge deal and he isn't successful, then it's not going to be uh, that big of a miss. I view it as a miss. I view it as a huge miss. A huge, not Craig miss. I view it as a huge miss for sure. Uh, As I'm starting to sweat already, Um, but the Cardinals do have a substantial amount of depth and we'll see where it goes from there. Look, I love Luis Robert. He had it from the get-go when he became, when he was playing in the circuit, when he was in Cuba, he had it. So yes, it's a huge mess, but hopefully the Cardinals can make the best with what they have uh, 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 depth-wise. Oh God, Nick! Nick, what up, y'all? Uh, better numbers in 2020 have given the same number of plate appearances. Tyler O'Neill or Lane Thomas? I think. I think. Look, I'm just going to look at it as WRC plus Matt Thompson. I think you're talking about if if they both get 500 plate appearances. I think that Lane Thomas probably has like that 113 WRC plus, and I think Tyler O'Neill has like 116. That, so I would say Tyler O'Neill. if you're talking about, like, runs produced, you know, weighted runs created, I think that's what you're talking about. Something something very close. Uh, uh, and I also think, and again, I also think, and I've been on record, and I'm just going to say it, and this isn't to disparage Harrison Bader or Randy or or Dexter Fowler or Tommy Edmund, but I'm also on board with saying that I think on an everyday basis to start the year, the Cardinals' best option is Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, and Lane Thomas and see where it goes from there a month into the season. Uh, but it's not going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's my guess, honestly. Uh, Coach Housley says, pad meetup at winter warm up, make it happen. So, I was talking to Cardinals Gifts, and maybe this isn't something I should say, um, but it looks like I do have a press pass for winter warmup. Uh, so, I would love to take advantage of that if the weather allows it. And I would also very much uh, like to do a, a pad or bot B meetup in some capacity. I know uh, uh, the lovely and talented Ashley Crowe, my girlfriend, has – push to make something like that happen. Not push, but she knows that it's something I want to do, but I need extra urging to make happen. Uh, so hopefully we can make that happen. And I promise we'll keep you updated. Uh, winter warmup is about three weeks away, a little less than three weeks away. And uh, hopefully we can make it happen. Let's see. Blah, blah, blah. The you don't have to, you don't have the balls episode. Yeah, I don't have balls. Hey, Lucas K says, will Cabrera and or Hesley get a legit shot as a starter? Or will they be pigeonholed to the pen? I think just looking at my own personal depth chart, which Ben, I promise, pardon me. Now that I think about it, Ben, I promise I'll send you a picture of my depth chart. Uh, I think that more than likely Genesis Cabrera ends up getting sent back down to Memphis to be a starting depth. Remember the Cardinals now have four bullpen options, whether you like it or not. Uh, uh, Again, Kim might be a starter depending on what happens with Carlos Martinez, but say Carlos Martinez is a starter. You have Kim, you have Webb, you have Cecil and you have Miller. Now, spring training will make or break Brett Cecil. We'll just see where that ends up going. But right now you have to assume because the Cardinals have kept him for so long that Brett Cecil still has an inside track to make the bullpen. I think that it suits the Cardinals best to have Genesis Cabrera ready to go as a starter. They're going to need that starter depth. You can never have enough starting depth. So I do think that Ryan Helsley is, and we say pigeonholed, I'll say pigeonholed, pigeonholed into a bullpen role. But I think that Ryan Helsley is going to make the most of that bullpen role. And I think it makes the Cardinals immediately better to have him in the bullpen. Now, I'm also on record as saying that Ryan Hilsey is one of the five best starting pitching options for the St. Louis Cardinals. So try to make sense of that uh, on your own, because I can't. I just think that it's not realistic that he's going to get a real shot in the the rotation unless a bunch of people get hurt, which hopefully doesn't happen, uh, which means that he's going to be a dynamic part of the back end of the bullpen, which we can be grateful for. Uh, Let's see. Checks out the Ramble Metrics podcast. (laughs) I think Bauer was basically talking about Smoltz. Yeah, he was definitely talking about Smoltz. But, you know, you don't need to go any further than, like, the ESPN broadcast to, like, watch Alex Rodriguez talk about how people shouldn't swing the way that they're being taught to swing uh, and being hypocritical. Because when you look at his swing when he was playing, and steroids or not, he was one of the best players of his era, the swings are exactly alike. It's just the way it's being explained is different. Uh, So, yes, I do think that there was a lot of there about John Smoltz. But I also think that as Cardinal fans, and this isn't to bash, like, I don't mean this to bash, but... We've seen it on the broadcast with some of the play-by-play, not the play-by-play guys, but some of the color commentators that just beat up on the game nowadays. uh, That uh, God, I want to name the names. uh, But I don't mean like that that's not good for the sport. And the reason they're beating up on it is because they don't understand it. Dusty Colorado says, thoughts on Wander Javier and what his upside is? Oh, man, you know, I think most people are really, really big into Wander Javier. Uh, For me, I'm more than less. Look, let me put it this way. When I started writing for Birds on the Black, uh, uh, which is a Cardinals blog, which you should check out, I divorced myself from looking outside of the Cardinals organization. Because the thing is, I want to be as current and as knowledgeable about the Cardinals organization as I possibly can be. So I don't spend as much time following other organizations like I did before I started writing for Birds on the Black. Uh, I'm sorry about that, Dusty Colorado. I'd love to give you a ton of information, but every information that I would give you is one or two years old at this point. Um, I know that for a while there, Wander Javier was one of the, like, the, 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 the highlight prospects. What I would tell you is go to Prospects Live, and they'll tell you all you need to know about Wander Javier. Uh, that's my own personal belief. I, again, I'm trying to be better about not just saying shit. Uh, and if I were to go on about what I know about Wander Javier, it would be like uh, going and reading anything outside of the top 200 on Fangraphs. Uh, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to direct you instead Towards the people who know, and that's Prospects Live. Check them out. Cards Gift says, better likelihood Carlos, a starter on opening day, or a center field cameras coming back. Car- I, I wouldn't, oh man, the opening day thing makes it tough. Uh, I'll say uh, there's a better chance that the center field camera comes back uh, because I don't think Carlos starts on opening day. I think what they'll do with Carlos, if he finds his way back into the rotation, which again is something that I think is best for the St. Louis Cardinals, I think that uh, uh, more than likely. They have him at the back end of the rotation to give him as much rest uh, throughout the season uh, as possible. Let's see. Uh, Freaking card says, where do announcers rank in your list of changes to make or what's your number one thing you change in a broadcast? Look, uh, the thing that I love about baseball is I can sit there on my, in my couch and on my television, I can watch Fox Sports Midwest. On one laptop, I can watch two minor league games. And on another laptop, I can watch two other minor league games. What I get, what I'm getting at is there's downtime. What I want to see is with that downtime, you know, we see replays of every swing of every pitch, but there's still more time there. I want stats of that. I want spin rate incorporated. And it's not something that the announcers or commentators need to even talk about. Just put it in there. You know, one thing that they did at Bush Stadium is they put the exit velocity on the big board out in center field. That's beautiful. You don't have to talk about exit velocity, but I'll tell you what, every time I was at a game that I was like, man, that ball was 110 off the board. Everyone in the in the vicinity of me that heard me say it because I have a loud booming voice turned and looked. Those stats they don't necessarily need to be addressed in the broadcast, but having them on the television screen is valuable. Like I want to see that. I, I you talk about Twitter, like imagine if on the television screen instead of going to a baseball savant, you saw exit velocity, spin rate, uh, uh, all that stuff. Like uh, how the percentage of getting on base in a one to two uh, a one two count. With Harrison Bader going up against a righty that throws sliders predominantly, like you don't even need to talk about that. Just put it up on the on the board. That information is readily available. If they can convey a strike or a ball to an umpire within a second of the pitch happening, they can get that stuff on the broadcast. Uh, that's what I want to see. I don't need the broadcasters talking about it. I don't. The one thing I would, the other thing I change is, I just want people on the broadcast who don't hate baseball who don't look back on their time as baseball broadcasters, uh, as baseball players, as the good old days, because they're not. They're the good old days for that person, but they're not the good old days for modern baseball. Uh, that's what I want to see. Uh, the, the, the broadcast can be modernized. You know, if you want the good old time broadcast, listen to the radio. The Cardinals are lucky to have Mike Shannon and John Rooney, uh, and they're fantastic. Uh, but television broadcasting needs to be modernized. You want to talk about bringing fans in, cut down commercial breaks, uh, when you have a commercial, always do the picture-in-picture. Picture. Make everything visible. Warm-up pitches, uh, practice swings, all that stuff. That's the way to do it. Uh, minor league pay from freaking cards. Yeah, no, that's something I would definitely like. I would like for them to not contract major minor league clubs, and I'd like them to continue to play people. Uh, I would like for them to not contract minor league cl- clubs, and I would like for them to continue to pay minor leaguers. Uh, but also, like, at a 75% at the very least of what they're paying – them. uh, But I would settle for 50%, 100% more than what they're being paid. Minor leaguers need to be paid more. Let's see. Love that Craig Mish. Yeah, love that Mish. Love that Graham. Uh, Sean Sandifer says, I live in Wichita. We're getting Miami's AAA team. I'm sad about the issue with MILB. F rich people. Now, we're not going to exactly eat the rich here. uh, But what we are going to say is Major League Baseball is looking to modernize. And you know, profit margins are what matter to business people. And that's really what MILB comes down to, the contraction and the pay of minor leaguers. Uh, It's not about anything other than that. It's about owners, uh, front office types, being able to go to the stockholders, if you will, and say that you've had another 3% uh, margin of growth. That's all that that's about. Uh, And also being able to control players a little bit better uh, is part of the reason why we talk about contraction of minor leaguers and minor league teams, rather. And again, we talk about contraction of minor league teams, but remember, contraction of minor league teams is it coincides with contraction of minor leaguers. And just to preface all this one more, or I guess to follow all that one more time, is remember if the amount of affiliates was the issue, if it was truly the issue, then over the last five years, as teams continue to add Dominican winter or Dominican summer league teams in uh, uh, affiliates. Uh, That never would have happened if the amount of affiliates was the issue. It's just about being able to control those players and those affiliates. I'll stand by that until the day I die. Uh, Let's see. What up, Big Dog? What up, Trent Wilson? How are you, bud? Uh, Jay the Kid says, do you believe in Kyle after love? Do you believe in love after love? I can feel something inside me say I really don't think you're strong enough. Do you believe in love? love, love? Jay the Kid 24 says, Paul Goldschmidt probably has one of the most wonk swings for having so much success over the years. You know, that goes to show you, in my opinion, it's short, it's compact, he's a big, strong, powerful guy, and sometimes that is enough. Uh, uh, you know, it is a little walk and he kind of like crouches over as he swings, which is really weird, but it's direct, and it's quick, and it's fast, and he doesn't waste movement. Uh, his head stays on the ball the entire time, and when he's on, his hips are firing in, in unison with his hands, and it's a beautiful, wonderful thing when it's on. But that's a really interesting point, Jay the Kid Twenty Four. I like where your head's at. Trent Wilson says bold prediction: Carlson lights up spring training, and Cards can't resist, and is the opening day outfield. I will say, uh, as we raise our glass, even though they're not in here to the Hicks family, Jordan, Jason, and Jennifer, uh, Jason, the, the the Godfather of prospects after dark. I th- also think. Dylan Carlson can earn his way onto the starting lineup and into the starting lineup onto the 26 man ro- or the 26 man roster. Boy, I'm going way too fast and I'm a little too drunk for this. Give me one second. I think Dylan Carlson can earn his way onto the roster. If Yachty says so, if Matt Carpenter says so, and Jordan Hicks is the proof in that pudding. If, if the veterans get on board and they go to the front office and say, look, this guy needs to be in there, which I think we might be in the situation with Dylan Carlson, because he's just that good. Then you could expect something like that. Uh, but uh, it's going to take the veterans standing up. Let's see. uh, I'm Hoff Matt says, do you think Aliris Montero has a bounce back year? I do. Now, I don't think it's going to be as dynamic as his 2018 season. Um, I I think more than likely it's some combo between 2018 and 2019. If you want to look at his time at Palm Beach in 2018, I think that that's probably more of the the template of what we're going to see. I think more than likely a third base prospect and soon to be – uh, uh, back on the map, Aliris Montero, uh, I think I think it's gonna. he's going to start back at Springfield, but I do expect him to have a bounce back year. I just don't expect him to be like – look, the thing about Aliris Montero is he has a big swing, a big swing, and his big swing is paramount to his success. I don't think he can change it or adjust it. He opens those hips a little too wide sometimes, uh, gets great lower body leverage when he's actually making contact. But the key with him is to just calm himself down and hit well. Uh, uh, to stay within himself. Sometimes, especially when we saw him trying to recover in Springfield in 2019, he just could not find his balance. He could not find his approach. And that backfired almost every time. So, uh, he'll have a bounce back year. It won't be the shitty 2019 when he was healthy. It won't be that standout Peoria 2018. It'll be some combo as he starts off the year in Springfield. 68 Inches and Ugly says, Do you think packaging O'Neal and Carlos Martinez could yield a huge return you know, I think it all depends on what your idea of a huge return is. I don't think it can yield a huge return. You know, I, I think it could yield a good return. But I think the issue is you're trading two players at probably the bottom of their, their, their worth, the bottom of their, uh, uh, their value. And I don't think i do that. And also, I think that both uh, – Tyler O'Neill, I could see why people would think it's expendable. For me, he's not. But, I mean, in reality, he really is. But I would not move Carlos Martinez. I think whether he's in the bullpen or if he's in the rotation at $11 million a year is more than affordable for the value that he brings. Uh, Steele Orwell, hey, Steele, what's up? I hope Tegan's doing well. Kyle, I'm missing the playoffs for your beautiful face. Tell me something great. Love you. Love you too, Steele. Uh, yeah, look, uh, the only thing great I have is that we are just mere weeks away, honestly, uh, from the start of spring training, that's wonderful, to the St. Louis Cardinals in the successful 2020 season, to amazing broadcasts, to uh, spring training and winter warm-up, and the pad community, which, as we've gone over, over and over again for the first 40 minutes of Prospects After Dark, is fucking amazing. Drew Maurizio says, I feel like I haven't been able to watch pad in like six months. Drew, I miss having your name pull up here. On the left side of my screen, uh, right side of yours, I guess, I don't fucking know how this thing works. Uh, I-, I miss having your name up there. Welcome back to Prospects After Dark. We're glad to have you back. We need to do a meetup this year at a bar, a house, and, or any type of land from Cards Gifts. Gifts, if you tell people you're there, people. if you give people like a six-month advance, like, hey, I'm going to be here on this date, everyone will show up. You'll have thousands of people there. 68 inches and ugly says Rockies uh, said they want a young center field in the package for Arenado. Do you think Bader fits the uh, preliminary? They didn't say they wanted a young center field. They said they wanted uh, like a slugging center fielder or a uh, something like that. I think Jock Peterson is more along those lines. Uh, Harrison Bader has improved the ability to be the hitter that it appears that the Rockies are looking for. Now, of course, maybe they say, hey, in our ballpark, maybe the ball flies for him. And maybe it is, but I just don't think he's produced offensively the way that the Rockies would want uh, uh, for uh, for uh, 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 Nolan Arenado. And remember, the two places that we've seen Harrison Bader struggle, specifically in center field, are Colorado and Washington. And Colorado, it's a weird place, you know. Uh, yes, Gifts. Steele says, I think we need to get a pad night at Bush. So I actually had my brother Scott, who has a little bit of a bankroll, look into that. Uh, and we were gonna get a sweep, but it cost like thirty thousand dollars or something. So there's no way that that was gonna happen. My brother Scott was just gonna front the cost, and we were gonna have everybody pay him back. Uh, but uh, that's that's not gonna happen. We're gonna need uh, 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 an influential pad person to come through for us on that. Cards gift says, if anyone has a location for a meetup, let me know, man. Uh, Steele says, Iowa thoughts. <laughs> uh, uh, Hex, hey, what's up, Hex? Kyle, those glasses make you seem like you know what you're talking about. Uh, I have, I, you have not, I I have no idea what I'm talking about for sure. Uh, Anna Ziggy says, how do you think the cards handle Andrew Kisner this year and backup catcher in general? I still think that there's a chance as long as Matt Wieters is on the free agent market. I still think there's a chance that they bring Matt Wieters back. Uh, how do they handle Andrew Kisner? I would imagine they handle Andrew Kisner if they don't move him, which I think is in the best interest for him. Uh, if they don't move him, I think that you're looking at Andrew Kisner having a similar role in 2020 as he had in 2019, where he's with the team a little here and there if, if uh, Yadier Wheaters gets hurt, uh, but more than likely spends all the year at AAA. Uh, I've said I've said over and over again that I think there's a way to make Andrew Kisner on the 26-man roster work as a third catcher if Wheaters comes back or if they bring somebody back. I just don't know if I necessarily believe, uh, and this isn't a shot at Mike Schilt, if the manager can make it work uh, optimally. You know, if, if you do carry Andrew Kisner, he's got to be the first right-handed bat off the bench, which isn't going to work because they still have Jose Martinez on the bench. He's going to be the first right-handed bat off the bench. Uh, and he needs to, you know, get substantial at-bats and still some for Yadier, you know, once a week, which we know isn't going to happen. So I think more than likely you're looking at just a repeat of the template, 2019 template for Kisner unless he gets moved. Uh, Andres, hey, what's up, Andres? Kyle, what do you think about Helsley closing? I'm about it. Look, I think, I believe that the Cardinals have very, very unproven, but wonderful closing options between Ryan Helsley and Giovanni Gallegos and Junior Fernandez uh, 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 and actually Daniel Ponce de Leon. But I don't necessarily know if it's something that's going to happen. We're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, But I'm about it. Why haven't we signed Ozuna already? More than likely because he's asking for too much money It's still my guess. You know, I think a lot of people thought Marcel Ozuna would get $100 million or $90 million. It's not going to happen. He's going to get four or five years and it's going to be about 15 mil annually at most. Maybe some investing years. And I think ideally the Cardinals are just saying, hey, look, Marcel, we'll give you the qualifying offer for one year. And if you want to take it, you can take it. And if not, good luck somewhere else. At least I hope that's what they're doing uh the real rw22 says radio or television broadcast look i'm just gonna be honest i love the radio broadcast i think john rooney is an amazing play-by-play guy i think mike shannon is pretty fantastic if you can tolerate the way that he does things which i do and i love uh and but i'm taking the television broadcast if you have Edmonds in uh for the most part Brett thompson's a lot of fun and blowouts um I like the idea of bringing Rick Ankiel back. If he's not going to pitch, which it doesn't look like it's going to happen, uh, 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 bring back Ankiel, make it a three man booth with Ankiel and Edmonds and uh, Danny Mack, and we can all be happy. But look, I just think uh, the larger picture here is that we're lucky to have the play by play guys we have in St. Louis. Uh, and s- definitely some of the color commentators. Bring back steroids, though. Sure, why not? Who cares? Fox Sports Midwest is rumored to be making CGI graphics of Fred Bird doing Fortnite dances when cards hit Homer Sure, who cares? What's up, J Duda? How are you, bud? Uh, Andres Fern ninety two says, "Hello, I am looking for serious relationship." WhatsApp. Uh, pl- Give uh, give Andres Fern five seven three. Uh, one, three, four, one, one, two, seven, one, four from Cali, Columbia. Thank for you. No, no, look, I'll give you a call after this. and We'll have some phone sex or something. Uh, Ben Cerruti says I'm at eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Call me. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, more starts next year. Carlos or Ponce de Leon. Carlos. I'll say, uh, to our good friend, Alex, Chris, who does that chirps, that podcast at birds on the black with Tara Wellman. I-, I love chirps. I listen to it almost every week. Uh, it's a great thing to listen to on my way to work. And they're great together, and it's a great listen. Check it out for sure. Uh, Drew Maurizio says that Ben is taken. Sorry, Andre Spern. Uh, the Do You Believe in Love After Love episode. I accidentally left the transmission. Uh, let's see, blah, 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 Have you talked to Mo lately from APL 4384? No, no, I can promise you the last time I talked to John Mazelak was at uh, United Cardinals Bloggers Day, UCB Day. Uh, whenever the hell that was in 2019. I don't even remember, to be honest with you. That was the last time I had any communication with John Mazalak. And you know what? You could tell that guy wants to have as little communication to do with me as possible, and who in the world can blame him? Uh, The Blind Homer. Oh, wait, hold on. Coach Housley says, sad prediction, Ozuna comes back so the Cardinals don't have to bring Carlson up this year. I don't think Ozuna and Carlson are connected the way that we think they are. Remember, Dylan Carlson can play center field. I think – the seven outfielders ahead of Dylan Carlson on the 40-man are, are what connect Carlson to his ability to stay on the 40-man. I think bringing back Ozuna or not bringing back Ozuna really doesn't change what the Cardinals do with Dylan Carlson, as crazy as that sounds. Hover says, Maguire Pools, Molina Carlson. Now we're talking. I like where your head's at. Uh, how about Goldschmidt Kisner, Maguire Pujols? No, I'm joking. Uh, Shauna Sandifer says, What does successful year look like for each of Goldie's contract years? I think – no, I I don't remember what year I started with, but I think if you go back to, like, 2014 and you look at Matt Holiday uh, uh, or maybe – son of a bitch. Maybe 2012 with Matt Holiday. I think if you look at Matt Holiday doing 2012 or 2014 and working – no, it would be 2012. Working from 2012 down, I think that's what you're looking at uh, for Paul Goldschmidt. And to me, that's successful. Look, $20 million is not what it used to be. Uh, Five years from now, $20 million is not going to be – hold the same kind of clout same kind of weight as it did that's why giving Bryce Harper 25 million dollars a year for 13 years was not a big deal because in 13 years 25 million dollars isn't going to be anything even for a guy who isn't performing we're learning that about Dexter Fowler right remember Dexter Fowler gets 16.5 a year or whatever it is two million on like June 1st and then 14 mil or 16 mil whatever it is and it's still not a hampering amount it's only a hampering amount if you build bad contracts around it. But other than that, like 16 mil is not what it was four years ago or three years ago or two years ago. Uh, Baseball adjusts. It changes. Uh, As Jeff Goldberg, baseball, would say. Uh, I'm back briefly. Hey, what's up, Eric Thomas? Welcome back. APL says if Ozuna comes back. uh, Sorry, APL. Drew Maurizio missed a lot of pads, so this may have been answered. Who is your favorite under-the-radar prospect? Now, it's funny because for a long time, Angel Rondon – was my favorite under-the-radar prospect, and now we can't say that anymore. Um, so what I will say, you know, uh, this is what I'll say. I'll say I, I'm um, I'm going to guess Brendan Donovan has a really good year. I think he starts off at Double A. I hope he gets a chance to start off at A. If not, he goes to Palm Beach, which means his offensive stats will be suppressed, kind of like Andy Young's was at that point. Uh, but I think Brendan Donovan, uh, second baseman, who could play a little third and probably short if he needed him to, I think he's kind of a, a – uh, under the radar prospect. You know, as I look at my thing, uh, Andre Pelante, I like, drafted uh, by the Cardinals in the fourth round of this past draft. I, I like him a lot. Um, uh, Logan Gragg, starter, drafted in the 10th round of this past, or eighth round of this past draft out of Oklahoma State. I like him a lot. Uh, uh, Mateo Gill's gotten a lot of play. We like Mateo Gill, third round pick out of the 2018 draft. We like him a lot. Uh, those would be the first guys that come to my mind. Uh, we're always hoping for the best out of Ronnie Williams, guys like that, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, those are just the first thing that comes to mind. Of course, we also say with Luke and Baker going from the Florida state league to the Texas league at double a, don't be surprised if he has a monster offensive year when it's all said and done. Andres Fenador says, how do you see Woodford contributing in 2020? I think more than likely Jake Woodford has a similar role to Daniel Ponce de Leon in 2018, you know, makes a couple starts down, uh, uh, makes a couple starts in like August, July, Maybe pitches out of the bullpen in September uh, uh, down the stretch. That's what I think. Uh, let's see. Patrick B. 2315 says, howdy. What's up, Pat B. How are you? Uh, straight back says, stop talking, dummy. I can't. I don't know what to do. Cards uh, uh, <laughs> gets says, P-A-D-U-R-D-A-Y. Hey, P-A-D-U-R-D-A-Y. Hey, that's what we're doing on Patterday on a Saturday. Uh, you are dumb from Straight Back. I agree. You won't get an argument argument from me or any of the pad people, that's for sure. Uh, Andres Fern92 says, I am from Colombia. Who likes a serious relationship? This is my WhatsApp uh, plus 573 134 112 714. Look, uh, Andres Fern, I'll get into a serious relationship uh, relationship with you. Let's make this one, uh, uh, that, which I think is a uh, Spice Girl song. I'm not sure. Uh, what? Which, because nothing, Straight Back. Uh, who's winning the Super Bowl from Sean Standoffer? I don't know anything about what's going on. I'll just say the New England Patriots and hope for the best. Uh, Carson Kelly will hit 25 home runs? Question mark from APL. 43-84. Uh, 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 no, he's not going to hit 25 home runs. More than likely, you see him regress back to like 15 to 11, somewhere around there. I wouldn't be surprised if when it's all said and done, the 19 home runs that he hit in 2019 are the most he hits in his career. Uh, But that's not to diminish the type of defensive catcher he is or even the type of offensive producer he has capability of being, uh, only to say that sometimes your rookie year you can produce a little bit more than you would in any other year. Uh, We love Carson Kelly. We wish him nothing but the most luck in Arizona, and I hope he continues to get opportunities because I was always big on him. We were all always uh, bullish on him, and it's nice to see a Cardinals prospect have success, even if it's not in the Cardinals organization. Uh, Brian J underscore five says Memphis rotation of Gomber, Cabrera, Ponce, Woodford, and Rondone. I do think there's a real chance of that. Of course, I wrote the goddamn thing in red ink over there and I can't read what I had there. But yeah, I think that there's a chance that that happens. It just all depends on what the Cardinals do with the four lefties that they might be pigeonholed into bringing to spring training. Our good friend Matt Thompson at Prospects Live says Remember when the Cardinals didn't pursue Bryce Harper and Fox Sports Midwest made that Fowler hype video? Oh my God, that was. That was one of the worst moments that I've ever seen. And that would have been about a little over a year ago, right? That would have been November, December of 2018. That was brutal. That They could not have gotten any worse than that. Like, And they were wrong, of course. Couldn't be more wrong with the way they handled it. Uh, uh, and boy, was that bad. And again, you know, the Cardinals are still in pursuit of their left-handed outfield bat. Again, $25 million in 13 years is going to look like nothing. Sean Sanduffer says, Who has a better chance of finishing the season as a starter, Wayno or Reyes? Wayno, until Alex Reyes is pitching on a major league mound in season as a starter, I will take every other option uh, that's realistic over him. And we should all handle it that way. And that's not to beat on Alex Reyes. I still love Alex Reyes. I still have faith and I still hope for his success long term. Even last year when he was pitching out of the bullpen, he wasn't effective. Uh, and it was sad and it was bad and he didn't look good. Uh, and before then, he's dealt with elbow injuries, shoulder injuries, pectoral injuries. I'll, I'll take every other option before I take Alex Reyes. I'm glad that he has he's having a regular offseason, preparing for a full major league season. I'm excited about it. I am hopeful for it. But I am not the type of person to get my expectations up about anything Uh, so I'm going to be as realistic as I can be and say Adam Wainwright. Coach Halsley says, any recent Bob Gibson news? Uh, No, no, I haven't heard anything. I hope our good friend Bob Gibson is still doing well. Okay, so uh, Tara Wallman has asked to join. I don't know what this is. I don't know how this works. Uh, I don't understand uh, 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 any of this, but I'm going to press plus, and we're going to see what happens. Four, three, two, one. Tara, are you here?
1: Yes, I think I don't think know. I'm... I've
0: got nothing, Tara. Maybe? I've got no? nothing. Hold on. I've got the little microphone Wait. tapped in, so maybe I can't Wait. hear it because of hold that. Wait, hold on. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the microphone out, and we're going to see what. Oh, my God, I can hear you. I just had to take the little microphone out. Tara, how... It seems like the kind of thing that Cardinals gifts would push to make happen.
1: Uh, well, yeah, Something So But like what that. I'll
0: do, Tara, how about this? Is I'll just read the questions. I'll say some nonsense, and if you want to chip it, uh, if you want to like chip in, I'll say, Tara, what do you think? And you can say okay. Get me out of this or whatever. How does that sound?
1: <laughs> okay, perfect.
0: <laughs> uh, Jay Puda says, I see uncut gems in a few. Hope the Sandman comes through on this film. I don't have the slightest idea what any of that meant. Tara, how do you feel? Uh,
1: the uh, Same. I have no idea what any of that means.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, so our good friend Matt Thompson at Prospects Live says, Brendan Donovan was number 31 on my Prospects Live list. Juan Yep has 32. And I, I, I will say that I am on board with that, and I like where your head's at. As I look at my preliminary Dirty 35, I have uh, a Brendan Donovan right around the 30 mark. And I have Juan Yepes right around the 35 mark. So I am right with you. It's been really exciting to see Juan Yepes take some positive steps forward, including with his physique and his swing in, uh, in 2019. And I hope he continues to build on it because he's a smart kid and a good kid. Uh, it comes from a good family. Uh, Tara, what do you think? Do you have any thoughts? Is there any, are there, let, me, let me ask you, are there any prospects in particular that you're going to keep an eye on? And I am going to just say Julio Rodriguez and see what you think of that.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see Julio Rodriguez. I know we've talked about him a little bit. I wrote about him a couple of seasons ago, and I was very impressed with him when I got the chance to write about him. Um, Juan Yapez is a kid that I know um, left an impression last season. But I said in our group chat today, and I'll say it again, I d- I'm not the prospect expert because I have Kyle. <laughs> so I don't need to know everything about them. I just – um let you learn about them and then tell me what to think.
0: <laughs> that it makes me feel uncomfortable uh, <laughs> Coach says any idea who is coming out for the caravans and I haven't heard you know I uh, i know in the past we've had uh, for like the MCs it's usually like Tom Ackerman, Danny Mack, Rick Horton, John Rooney, uh, Mike Claiborne. but I would imagine that a lot of Cardinals legends will be a part of it and I would also imagine that you know Cardinal's players, both current and the future will also be a part of it uh uh, tara do you have the pulse on any of that
1: i've not heard anything specifically i I sometimes um get a chance to know who's going to be at peoria just because i'm close to there and i know some people but i don't know maybe i'll i'll dig into my uh sources and see if i can go they won't let me say anything anyway even if i know
0: (laughs) just a shout out to peoria in general like not only are they usually the first to have, like, the minor league rosters out. And, again, that's that's a whole, that's a whole different thing. Like, they're kind of told when they're allowed to release their minor league rosters. Uh, but they're also, like, really great with just communication and bringing fans yeah. so, to the Peoria people. You know, we, we tip our caps to that, too. Uh, the Blind Homer says, not sure I made my comparison well. McGuire pushes hard for pools. same with Melina Carlson in 2020. Yeah, that's, that's a really great point, Blind Homer. Eric Thomas says, going to kick it with wife and dog radar – I'll talk to you all later. Uh, we raise our glass to Eric Thomas. Thomas, Mr. Eric Thomas, thank you again for being a part of Prospects After Dark and being one of our pad people.
1: I think Radar is an awesome name for a dog, so let's just shout out your dog naming skills.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Radar has his own Twitter page.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sarah, what are you doing tonight? Um, I'm pretending that I care about football. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I came home from a long day of working a wrestling tournament and I wrestling might be the only thing that I care about less than football. So
0: that's great. Well, good for you. Way to persevere. <laughs> uh, the blind Homer says, what the fuck? Uh, Pat is now a dating app. Uh, yeah. But only for Colombian people who have some type of weird dating app where you include your phone number. Uh, so yes, that is exactly what Pat is. Jay Mulvey, 1981 says, how long till outfield is sorted out? For me personally, I don't think you see the outfield sorted out, even if the Cardinals bring back Marcelo Zuna, until uh, the first day of the regular season. Tara, what do you think?
1: Um, I was responding to gifts, so I wasn't listening to what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. I'm a high
0: school principal. Our good friend Coach Housley says, I'm "Oh, a sure, high sure." <laughs> I'm uh, a high school principal. Chances of you doing a pad episode on my school's baseball team. Uh, look, there's there are so many legal obligations that allow me to to do that. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, if near your high school, or the school rather, I'm hoping it's a high school, that'll make it a lot easier. Uh, if near your school, you can get the, 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 the local municipality and their government to allow me to break some of the laws, uh, then I'll do it. Sure, I don't care at all, as long as I can drink a little bit. Tara, how do you feel?
1: um i i think that uh the kids at the high school would love it (laughs) i don't know that their their parents would but you know they don't have to know right
0: we've said it often that the major demographic of prospects after dark is just you know boys between the age of 12 and 18 (laughs) is Uh, a neafman 15 says expectations for gorman in 2019 I would say, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screwing up the years, and I'm sorry about this. It's so hard to keep track of this. If, if Tyler O'Neill is 24, then four years ago would have been his 2016 season. I think that my expectations for Nolan Gorman are something similar to a combination of, of Tyler O'Neill's 2015 and 2016 season. Remember, in 2016 is when Tyler O'Neill won the Southern League MVP. Uh, that's when he came into his power and his, his ability to get on base. Uh, and I think that I think that we're just right on the cusp of seeing something similar with with Nolan Gorman in twenty nineteen. Uh, Tara, how do you feel about that?
1: I I keep saying this, and I am going to sound like a broken record, but I think we just need to pump the brakes on Nolan Gorman because <laughs> he was exciting from a power perspective when we first got to see him his first year after the draft and it was awesome. And there's so much to like about what he has to offer, but it's so raw and it's so obviously raw. And there's so many questions yet to be answered. So as exciting as it is to think about Nolan Gorman as a core piece of the Cardinals lineup, because we're not even sure where he's going to play defensively at this point. um, just, Just take a breath, everybody. And let's not, um, let's let nolan gorman sort of dictate how quickly he's going to move through the system because there's so much kyle we talked about this when you were on chirps and just how much that development process has to happen for each one of these guys individually and you just never really know how that's going to go until they you know start facing tougher competition and they have to adjust
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I I think that maybe the worst thing that could have happened is when he got assigned to Johnson City, he just tore the Appalachian League apart. Um, By the way, how do you say – do you say Appalachian or Appalachian?
1: Appalachian, I think. Yeah, I think that's how I say it. I don't say it out loud very often. I type it. I
0: I do, and it's terrible. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I I think the worst thing that could have happened is for him to have that just absolutely dominant – uh, major league or minor league debut in the AF League, where he just tore the, that hitting league apart. Yeah, uh, and then was also very good at Peoria uh, in his draft season, and I, I think that that maybe skewed some of our expectations. And I, I always try to bring up Tyler O'Neill with Nolan Gorman because there are a lot of similarities there. I mean, ones left-handed, ones right-handed, but just like how quick they came through the minor league system, how successful they were, and again with O'Neill, it was Seattle, of course, but how successful they were at advanced leagues for their age. uh, uh, But with like similar skill sets where they do get on base at the minor league level, but they also hit for a bunch of power. Where really the reason they're getting on base at the minor league level is because pitchers at the minor league level are terrified of them and doing damage. And also catchers are and minor league managers are. And it's just a matter of like how that evolves. Somebody, Ethan Kennerman says, Gorman moved double A next season. Uh, That's all I see happening. And I, I'm with uh, Ethan Kennerman, uh, Kennemer a little bit, for sure. I like the idea of him starting at Palm Beach and moving to Springfield. Uh, we'll see what the Cardinals do. The one thing that I do know for a fact is that over the last couple of years, the Cardinals—pardon me the Cardinals have gone out of their way to make spring training just as much of a competition for the minor leaguers as they do the major leaguers. So those kids will come into the minor league spring training with a chance to make an impression and dictate where they're going to go. Where in past years it was kind of written in stone with a very, very uh, little malleability, if it were. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm with you, Tara. I agree. Uh, T. White 088 says legit left a family function early for this. That's right, Travis White. Our- <laughs> well our- done. Raise our glass to you. Uh, forget your family. Be a part of this little pad community that we have, the Bot B community. Welcome, Tara. This is exciting. <laughs> Tara, we're going to be switching to tequila here in a little bit, so I hope you're ready.
1: It's going to get, it's gonna uh, get uh, crazy. Oh, so, uh,
0: what do you say? I'm sorry.
1: I was just saying it's going to get crazy, and I'm excited to have this moment.
0: <laughs> okay, Don't be excited. <laughs> uh, you can have uh, – the Twitter, the Twitter, the, the Periscope thing here says, you can have up to three guests at, a, at the same time, so I guess oh, it's boy. you, Zach, and Danny Mack involved in this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're finally getting to the point now where we can hear Tara – uh so that's how far back i am on this uh we are experiencing technical i just
1: i just want you to know that i tried to do this three different times before it actually worked <laughs>
0: so. yeah so <laughs> as, let me tell you what i saw on my side of the screen i saw several <laughs> moments trying to join and i didn't know what that meant uh, and then finally the third time there was like this big plus size green button and i didn't know what else to do i i played mario my entire life what <laughs> the buttons I didn't and now you're here and you're with us and I'm happy. Uh, Sean Sandifer says, Why doesn't Zach Gifford do live videos anymore? He was uh, uh, you know, I ask myself this question every night before
1: I go to sleep. Nothing, nothing I think about more than
0: uh, than Zach Gifford before I go to sleep. I I wish Zach was here. I don't know if he still is, but Zach, if you're here, how come you don't do live videos anymore? I would like to do a live video with you in a cam format. <laughs> Coach Housley says. Uh, got you both now. Awesome. All right. Turn your ringer on, says Brian for five.
1: Everyone's uh, figuring it, it out.
0: Yeah, t- <laughs> exactly. Uh, GIF says life-changing shit taking place. Uh, if you're on your phone. Okay, so why not... Okay, so, uh, we're back to questions here. Eleven <laughs> X11 says, okay, so why not ink Ozuna at this point? Uh, more than likely, he's probably still asking for money that he doesn't necessarily fit in, uh, if that makes any sense. I I just think we're beyond that point now where, you know, uh, I think the Cardinals have a very, very very pruned idea of what they want to give Marcelo Zuna. And I think more than likely Ozuna and his people are probably looking for multiple years, and I think the Cardinals probably only see it as a single-year thing. Uh, And and I think that's more than likely why they haven't done it. And honestly, in my personal opinion, holding off – to force Marcelo Ozuna to sign a one-year deal is the way to go. No reason to, no reason to give him a multi-year deal with the amount of options that the Cardinal have. Uh, Tara, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I feel like this isn't rocket science. Like, the Cardinals are fine to get Ozuna back, but he's not their priority. So, if they can get him back and it's basically a, a simple one-year, not-going-to-break-the-bank deal, great! That'd be awesome because he was a big part of their offense last year, but... He's not going to be a big part of their picture moving forward, so they're not going to put a ton of extra money or extra years into it, which is, I'm sure, what he is looking for. So, if he kind of, like, falls into their lap and wants to be back for a year, then great. But he's not their priority, and I think that's been pretty clear from the start.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's nice to have all those options so you don't have to, like, overcommit to Marcelo Zuna. and. It wasn't until recently, by the way, we're we're we are switching to tequila. This is a disaster. Um, here we go. Yeah, here we go, <laughs> boy. Sorry about this, Tara. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize it until like recently how people like people around here ended up valuing Marcelo Zuna, which has been kind of a uh, an odd world type development
1: to me. But Netflix. only until he started slumping again. Like, the Marcelo Zuna roller coaster was wild. Like, yeah. when he was falling off walls in left field, people were like, how is he still here? And then all of a sudden, he was hitting out of his brain, and everybody's like, Steve, you have to re-sign him! And that happened over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, and it, it didn't really seem like the, the even like in-season, sure, there were times yeah. he, was, he was lights out. But it didn't even seem like in season that there was this huge outcry to, to bring him back. It, it's not until we look at his stats and like uh, 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 just like a looking back manner that we're, it seems like people are like, oh, you got to bring him back. And I, I personally believe it's all about that 29 home runs. People see that 29 home runs and those 89 RBIs, 89 RBIs and get really excited.
1: Do you think it's because of the 29 home runs and the 89 RBIs? Or is it because the Cardinals haven't done anything to replace that? Like, is it specifically Ozuna or are people just like, oh, that's a lot of offense that they don't have a guaranteed way to replace right now?
0: Yeah, I I think to your point, if you were to take the Marcel Ozuna out of it and you just told them that the Cardinals lost 29 home runs and 89 RBIs, uh, I do think that Cardinals fans would freak out about it for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's what it is. But I mean, he did give us the most glorious moment of the entire season when he fell off the wall. Of my
0: lifetime. I don't care what anyone says. Like, uh, there's been some magical moments uh, all of 2011, uh, (laughs) beginning of September, until they won the World Series. There isn't a moment that I think about more than Marcelo Zeta climbing that wall and diving for a ball.
1: (laughs) I legit... So I was at that game. (laughs) And I was sitting behind home plate. And I saw it happen, and it was this... Like, the range of emotions that happened in a very um, small amount of time. I was so frustrated by what happened. And then I was so confused how he ended up on the track. And then it was the greatest thing I'd ever experienced in my life. And that all happened in, like, 25 seconds. It was spectacular.
0: The the amount of money that I would have paid to have plugged a microphone into Marcelo's in his head. (laughs) Whatever was going on in his head. But also to be in the bullpen and hear the bullpen, for- <laughs> like, I, that's where the money is. If someone was recording the bullpen that night, I would pay just endless amounts of money to hear those comments.
1: I don't think there was audio, but I was there that night and a buddy of mine was working the um, visiting broadcast. And I guess on the visiting broadcast, they kept going back to replays of it and replaying (laughs) the dugout or the bullpen reactions because they were right there. That is great.
0: I've got to find that. If your buddy can hook that up, we've got to just – that's got to be a birds on the Black article. Just listen to that. Yes.
1: I should look into that because, yeah, they, like, they leaned all the way in to the making fun of Marcelo Zuna thing on that. And the, the Cardinals
0: broadcast should have done too. Look, I, I I don't mean that as like a criticism of the Cardinals broadcast, but that at some point you just have to accept that that was a, like a transcending moment of both criticism and praise, and just like run with it. So I appreciate the broadcast that did it. That, like that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, how sweaty are your armpits from sun sand effort? Well, obviously I'm sweating, so I guess that, that's a question for you, Tara. I'm <laughs>
1: Um, I mean, I'm. It's finally warm in my apartment today, so I've been cold all day. So I don't. I'm. I'm good at the moment. <laughs>
0: good. I like to hear that. Uh, Gus sports. <laughs> Gus sports says, any insight on top draft picks this year? Uh, kids that might fit the Cardinals pick. So if I'm doing it right, and boy, I'm having a moment. Uh, uh, I'm gonna have to look it up. Cardinals 2020 draft pick. I can't remember if they picked 21st or 24th, and that's. Just where my mind is. Uh, I, I want to say it's 21st. No, it'd be 24th. It'd be 24th. Uh, and what you're looking at is like uh, there's, there are a couple college pitchers, and it seems like a, a cop-out to go with the college uh, pitching route. You have Dittmer from Louisville. You have uh, Wilcox. Um, there are JT Ginn from Ohio State. There are a lot of really interesting college collegiate pitchers that will be available with the Cardinals pick. And that's where, like, my heart is. That's where my want is. Uh, the Cardinals have kind of a uh, – even with Zach, Thom- Zach Thompson being drafted in 2019 with Tony Losi, Andre Pallante, Logan Gregg, uh, 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 Connor Thomas, Jack Rawson being drafted in 2019, I still think that the Cardinals can draft one of those high-end collegiate pitchers with their draft pick. I think they're going to be in great shape. That's what gets me excited. Uh, But there are, look, this draft, this 2020 draft is one of the best drafts in the last 20 years as far as depth goes. Uh, I like the 2017 draft a lot. There were a lot of high-end top 50 picks. um, And a lot of people will look back at like uh, 2004, 2008, 2007. Like there have been a lot of great drafts and this one will be up there in the last 20 years. So that's why, that's another reason why like signing Marcelo Zuna is not a high priority for me as a prospect guy. Because... Getting a draft pick for Marcelo Zuna would be huge. You just hope that he's not asking for so much that you get into June and get past the draft and then he signs and then you don't get the draft pick and you don't get Marcelo Zuna's production. Uh, So so that's like uh, without getting look, I haven't dug super deep into the 2020 draft. I know it's deep. I know that there are a lot of college pitchers that are really interesting. I know that there are some high school hitting that's really interesting. Uh, uh, The guys over at Prospects Live have done an amazing job of of following some of that. When I went and visited visited Ashley on Christmas, I listened to their uh, 2020 draft, um, their early mock. That was wonderful, and you should check it out. But look, this is a deep draft with good talent, and at 21 or whatever the hell it is, the Cardinals are in good shape regardless. Uh, Tara, my assumption is that you don't have much of a feeling uh, let me ask you this, though. Actually, this is this is a really interesting direction to go in, at least in my opinion, and nothing's interesting to anyone else that's interesting to me. But as someone who doesn't necessarily, like, get into it that way, do you have any feelings about the direction that the Cardinals go in in the draft? Uh, like, they have a reputation, even though it isn't consistent with uh, Randy Flores, of taking, like, high-end collegiate pitchers. Do you care about that, like, just looking at it, do you what's like your desire for the Cardinals with their first round draft pick?
1: So I think it's really interesting. Obviously, I don't spend as much time on it as you do, um, but I do think it's fascinating how that strategy gets created. Um, the Cardinals, for a long time, have become the organization that drafts and develops pitching, and that's awesome. My question has always been, where does their offense come from? And I don't know that they've done a terrific job of developing like a, an organization changing player. And that's really hard to do when you don't necessarily have the first round or the, the top picks, I should say yeah. in a draft. Um, so that's always what, what I'm curious about. Like who's going to be that diamond in the rough that is the Albert Pujols kind of pick that um, is like a once in a generation guy. And that's really, really hard come up with and especially as we've talked about it these guys are so advanced by the time that they're in high school much less college that it's it's splitting hairs to try to figure out who's going to be able to adjust when you get into pro ball so I don't know how you do that better I think that the Cardinals have a I don't know if it's an outdated approach to assessing talent but it's one that hasn't necessarily worked out the way that they would have liked for it to in some more recent years as far as their major league talent so I wonder how that trickles down with the guys who are focused on the draft and, yeah. and who they're pursuing so I find it all really fascinating um I don't know that that's like great analysis it's just where my mind goes when I'm thinking about that um I'll throw this back to you because I've been thinking about this a lot, and I know we've talked about it a little bit. If Major League Baseball were to cut the draft in half like it wants to do, what do you focus on then in the draft? Because you're not going to take big chances if you don't have as many opportunities to find that diamond in the rough, right?
0: Yeah, first off, no one's here for great analysis, Tara. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> that's, uh. that's fair. <laughs> it's tequila time. <laughs> yeah, it's tequila time. Hey,
0: hey, hey. Uh, yeah. I see now. My mind is thinking about doing the limbo, and I've got. I'm <laughs> done. Yeah, to your quite like to your, like what you're trying to say. I think more than likely, and this is something you and I have talked about. The next step with cutting the draft down is to eliminate drafting high school players. That's that's just my guess. Uh, especially with being able to mine the international market of teenagers. Uh, And then I I think that the next step is that they'll, they'll say high schoolers are ineligible. They have to go to college because college has developed into like the next level of proving ground. I think that that's the most likely, likely outcome there. And I do think that what you will see then at that point is those, uh, those flyer players, like Terry Fuller won't get drafted. It just Mm -hmm. won't happen. Now, Trajan Fletcher will, uh, he's still so young, uh, but like Terry, Terry Fletcher won't get drafted. He'll play linebacker at Auburn or Alabama. Yeah. That, that, that's the most likely outcome, uh, in my personal opinion. And also, that's what Major League Baseball wants, because, again, the owners, they just want as much of a sure thing as possible. And what's more sure, the 21-year-old college player or the 18-year-old uh, high school player. Uh, what we've seen over the last couple of years in the draft is those first-round draft picks, pitching-wise, who throw 100 miles an hour don't generally pan out uh, to the same level that mm-hmm. other so, uh, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Kumar Rocker in 2021. That's going to be fun. He would have been a first-round draft pick last year. When I say last year, I mean 2018, not 2019. Uh, and he'll probably be the first overall pick in 2021 if he stays healthy. Uh, but I think that that is the next step, Tara. That's that's just my guess.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad for baseball, but it's uh, it's not great for, you know, a bunch of, minor leaguers that won't get a shot but that's that's a totally different argument
0: <laughs> yeah that's something you and i have talked about on and people should track that down if they haven't um re- real fast rumsfeld 78 says kyle reese is emceeing in peoria for the caravan
1: Former <laughs> <Yes. Carson."
0: laughs> so i, I do want to say as i raise my glass of te- hey tequila which reminds me of like uh, uh uh teenage mutant ninja turtles one or two i can't remember now um <laughs> We've had an, an incredible amount of people hate <laughs> the Cardinals' Twitter account with wanting me to MC a caravan, which I brought upon myself uh, and also Cardinals' Twitter by just offhandedly saying, which one of the caravans am I going to emcee? Uh, it's a disaster. I'm sure that poor person's been fired for just allowing any type of uh, anything happening. But to all of the pad people who continue, even to this very moment, to tweet <laughs> at car- at cards on Twitter and try to get me to go to their caravan, I raise my glass to you. Uh, thank you so much. It's never going to happen, but hey, there's no harm in keeping tweeting at them. That's what I say. It's a disaster, Tara. These are the pad people. This is what we <laughs> I uh, love it. I love it all. Yeah. Rum, <laughs> I forgot to ask for pad stuff for Christmas. Uh, I've been demoted. Look, it's fine. I-, I will also tell you, don't just ask for pad stuff. Look, uh, I'm sure that there's some holiday coming up maybe for martin luther king day you ask for a pad a uh, zip up you ask for a chirped hoodie every holiday should be celebrated as much as christmas in my opinion and uh maybe for memorial day you find yourself <laughs> with a lovely zip up pad hoodie just ask for stuff and if you're relentless enough about it you'll get it
1: don't uh, even don't yeah. even wait for a holiday just like make a list and send it to people <laughs> yeah and send it
0: every day no one knows yeah. what <laughs> to do about that stuff. <laughs> When I, was, when I was like 10, I got an Xbox because my parents were just tired of me asking about it. Uh, so if there's one thing I've learned, and uh, to quote The Office, Andy Bernard, if there's one thing that I've learned with my success in both business and women, it's that if you're just constantly on it, or I can't remember what the quote is. God, nah, it was something like, uh, anyways, if you just keep nagging someone, you'll get what you want just out of pure frustration. And that's what I would recommend with all the pad attire. Uh, uh who's your uh sean sandifer says who's your top decade player of the cards we're not answering that question what do you even do there
1: there's so uh, many that i hate uh that those top decade questions stress me out so much
0: yeah me too I, I hate the uh the uh um mount rushmore questions i hate the top decade i hate like prospects of the year at each position I can't do it
1: i can't uh, do it god i
0: hate <laughs> Coach Housley says, motivational speaker Kyle, I'm making it happen. Look, I'll do anything for a paycheck. You can go ahead and quote me on that. If Tara was <laughs> tonight's episode would be, I'll do anything for a paycheck.
1: Yes. Anyway. I mean it still could be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tara and I will do nearly well and reasonable. <laughs>
1: I mean, uh, I'll do the reasonable stuff. You can do the unreasonable stuff.
0: But uh, that's the bargain we're willing to make tonight. There you go. <laughs> Kyle, you need to come to the Redbird at the I-Cub with Tara and I. Uh, Gifts better flying, too. I would love to make that happen. I wish I could make that happen. I really, really do. I think it'd be awesome.
1: That'd be so great. I've never been to an Iowa Cubs. uh, I've never been to a game in Des Moines to see the Iowa Cubs. So, that would be super.
0: I haven't either. It's something we should make happen. Uh, Edwin Pavizic says, better in five years, Walker Bueller or Jack Flaherty. Now, The Homer inside me says Jack Flaherty, uh, but the trying to be reasonable about it says Walker Bueller. What do you think, Tara?
1: I think, oh, see, it's so hard because five years is so long in yes. pitching years, yes. um, and I feel like what we've seen from Jack Flaherty is incredible, but it's not as good as he's is he's capable of being. So, but I mean, Walker Bueller. Like he's one of those guys that I'm I'm actually jealous I don't get to watch more often. Um, if you if you say Wacky Bueller, I'll say Jack Flaherty, and in five years we'll revisit this and
0: see who's right. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, Colonel says, Howdy Kyle, what's up, Colonel Uh APL forty three eighty four says, Is Gorman Brett Wallace? No, mm, no. Look no. you're talking about completely different sets of uh, engagement in the organization. Brett Wallace was uh uh, a Pac-12 darling who had worked his way through college. There were always questions about his big frame and his ability to play at third base. Uh, uh, there are definitely like I get the I get the idea that like maybe their ability to stay at third base and their 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 necessity to strike out, but two completely different things. I will say that Nolan Gorman is more of a left-handed Tyler O'Neill than he is uh, uh, a Brett Wallace. Just my own personal opinion. Fun fact. Oh,
1: I have a Brett Wallace bobblehead from when he played in the quad cities he's coming out of the corn because that's what you do when you play baseball in iowa oh, oh
0: god that's yeah. awesome i feel like i've got to have that on my bookshelf somewhere we'll take that. i will
1: take a picture of it and tweet it later
0: uh, <laughs> uh, matt thompson our good friend over at prospects live says when i dug in on gorman i came away more excited uh then i uh, i came away more excited about him than i was tough environment to hit yeah look uh, both both uh, uh, the Midwest League and the Florida State League, are they're not exactly easy environments, especially for an 18-year-old turning 19. My concern when I watch the games with Nolan Gorman is that breaking pitches on the inner half, he doesn't stand a chance against, against lefties or righties. That's, that's where he's going to need to improve to be better. The thing that really impressed me more about Nolan Gorman when I watch him is how like solid of a defensive third baseman he has. The most under underestimated part of Nolan Gorman's game is his arm. He has an above a, above average to nearly well above average arm at third base. Now, Tara, uh, as I look at your picture here, it's you interviewing Nolan Gorman. What it is. Th- <laughs> yeah, that's right. What were your thoughts both interviewing him and what have you heard?
1: Uh, you know, he's he's such a a. Uh, laid back kid that in an interview, he's not going to be the person that's the most impressive. He's not the biggest personality, but I think that's in part why he's been able to get so good at baseball, right? Like he's very singularly focused on baseball, um, but he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a smart kid. Um, He's very focused. It'll be interesting. One of the things that I love about minor league baseball is watching a guy who gets it and you see it happen. We've talked about this a little bit. I uh, wrote about Alaris Montero after his year in Peoria, not last year, but the year before. And I talked to the manager there about him and that's what he did, right? It's not that he was suddenly this major prospect, right? It's that he learned how to make adjustments, so with Nolan Gorman, that's the thing that I'm really curious about this year is that we know that the the talent is there. We know that the um, work ethic is there. We know that he's obviously got skill sets that um, that work at the levels he's played at, but there are some holes in the game that he's going to have to figure out how to adjust, right? So that's, for me, what I would look for in this next season, wherever he ends up playing, is can he make the, the mental – leaps that we have seen from him you know to match the physical ability that he has that's what will to me that's what will determine where he ends up this year and you know what his ceiling really is as a, as a prof- professional baseball player but as far as the interview go pretty pretty typical baseball player interview as far as you know he's had some media training he knows what to say and what not to say but he's focused and he knows what's important and that's not always talking to people like me <laughs>
0: Funny, there was something that you said in there that I actually wrote down and then circled about a million and a half times. And it's something that I always try to enunciate when I write about the prospects, especially like the elite prospects, that I've I've never been able to exactly term. And you nailed it. And it's that singularly focused. That is so well stated. Because what you find is the kids who actually like reach their potential, who get to their ceiling – are singularly focused on the profession of baseball. Now, that, that doesn't yeah. mean that, that doesn't mean that they don't have like a personal life or anything like that. But what we've seen out of someone like Dylan Carlson is he is singularly focused on baseball as a profession, uh, as as you are with your profession or as I am with I with my profession. Th- that like that is the dynamic term that separates uh, maybe someone like we're about ready to bring up with with guys that are something different. And, and to like segue to what I'm saying is coach Housley asks, do we ever see Delvin Perez at the major league level? Mm. And, you know, all we can go off with Delvin Perez is our rumors and things we've hear, uh, we've heard rather uh, what we see on Twitter, what we see on Instagram, you know, tweeting up pictures of himself and things like that. You know, we don't see that out of Dylan Carlson. And that isn't like, that isn't, that doesn't mean that like there are two different things. Exactly but it gives you the impression for a 20 year old. And when you can like project yourself into the shoes of that 20 year old, if you can project yourself into the shoes of a 21 year old and you see the difference, like it goes to show you the singularly focus, uh, like that singularity focused on their profession. And, you know, will we ever see Dublin in the majors? Uh, I can promise you that every first round draft pick is going to get every chance to make it to the major leagues. Uh, Right now, it doesn't seem that way. Delvin has a long way to go. He's definitely put on a little bit of weight. He's going to need to continue to put on weight. Uh, Whether it's good or bad weight, it doesn't matter. Uh, He had a great 2019 season that evolved and and pushed from his 2018 season. But if you're hedging your bets, the answer is no. Uh, And that doesn't necessarily mean it's because he's not completely focused on the sport. It's just that if you're going to look at something in the long run, he definitely doesn't have the same type of motivation that someone like nolan gorman or dylan carlson has to make the best of their profession and again i I bring up twitter and i bring up uh uh, other social media that's that's just to say that like that reinforces stereotypes that i've heard individually uh uh, that don't necessarily reflect their social media presence
1: and that's not necessarily a knock on those guys as like human beings right there are people in all of our professions who maybe aren't singularly focused on being the best at what they do like they have a life and and they have balance and I have no idea what that looks like in reality but some I hear it's great um but So that's not a knock on, on those guys individually. You know, I've talked to other players, current players, or even former players where where that's not the case, right? They, sometimes it's because they're more interested in the fame. Sometimes it's because like, they're kind of just the guys that are like happy to be here, happy to be playing baseball professionally as long as someone will pay them. And that's all fine. It just does show up in kind of the way that they go about trying to create this career for themselves. Um, And sometimes you can see it in someone as young as Nolan Gorman is, you don't always see it. Sometimes that comes later when all of a sudden they're like, oh, I can make this like a, a legit thing that I do for a long portion of my life and then it'll kick in. But sometimes you're right, you see it super early on and those are usually the guys that it seems like are able to find ways to make the adjustments that allow them to be successful for a really long time.
0: Yeah, yeah, and some people are just going through the same motions that they've gone through their entire lives. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't imagine what it's like to grow up in the Dominican or Puerto Rico or Colombia or anything like that. Uh, you know, we're we very, very privileged in the United States to have the advantages that we that we, we have. And uh, I just can't imagine what it's like to grow up in a Caribbean nation and trying to compete with people that have been raised with the same type of privilege that we have as compared to the Caribbean nations um it's it's interesting Colonel Angus says I saw Nolan Gorman hit his first tater in spring training and then he says smoking pancakes which is a direct callback to our French toast and jewel conversation just a little while ago now we're finally getting to the point where we're at tequila time uh, (laughs) which was 10 minutes ago at least at this point right
1: so long ago I'm making you fall so far behind in answering questions it's okay.
0: It's not a problem at all because we've got Graham up now, which gives us time to talk about Graham. My reasoning. There we go. Oh, wait. Uh, Graham says my reasoning is he will be a tremendous loss to the clubhouse. I guess we're talking about Ozuna. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, wait, real fast. Gus Ford says, why Langford, And it was because I'm, I was born in 1986, uh, August 4th, 1986. And I have – Ray Langford was my favorite player growing up. And I, my dad used to work in the left field bleachers at Old Bush Stadium. And, like, first off, Ray Langford was a center fielder, and he was good, and, like, the best player of his generation in the 90s for the Cardinals. And uh, uh, his wife at the time, Yolanda, used to, like, roam around the left field bleachers all the time. So I got to meet Yolanda when I was about, you know, a foot and a half high and young, and my dad was in the bleachers, and I got to be, like, a junior usher, and it was fun. Anyways, I love Ray Langford; He's my favorite Cardinal player of all time. Uh, and that's why Ray Langford is up there. And also, this jersey, believe it or not, this came... From spring training 19, hold on, it's dated, uh, 1993, spring training 1993 actually came off of his back. One of my brother Jim's friends knew I was a huge Langford fan, hounded him for a couple days, Lankford finally gave him the jersey, and uh, then it came to me. So this is actually came off Ray Langford in spring training of 1993, and uh, it's probably my most prized piece of memorabilia, because I'm not a memorabilia person, so that's why Lankford. Uh, Let's see. Matt Thompson says, I want him back because there's more in that bat than what we've seen. Metrics are good. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot, Matt Thompson, about Marcelo Zuna's metrics. You know, everything says uh, that he, you know, some of his stats might be suppressed because uh, excellent conversation about players and their personality. This stuff is often overlooked. Thank you. First off, Matt Thompson just tweeted at both you and I. uh, uh, Yo, Tara and Kyle, excellent conversation about players and their personalities that stuff is really often overlooked. And I agree with you, Matt. Uh, As we answer your question about, like, talking about Ozuna, I want him back because there's more in that bag. Now, it it was something that I saw, and I never, I had every intent of looking into, but it seems like all of the peripheral metrics are telling us that Marcelo Ozuna is going to outperform the statistical output of his 2019 and 2018 season. Uh, But I, I thought I saw somewhere where it seemed like that was, like, the trend with Ozuna, aside from his like 2017 bust out season. So I guess that's a matter of luck. And also I'm speculating at this point. So it's probably not fair to commit one way or the other. I just know that like in my mind, when I watch Marcelo Zuna, he's a super streaky hitter that did that. And you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, the, the whole Marcelo Zuna thing is weird for me. It's tough for me because I love a lot of the internal options in the outfield that I think are both cheap and affordable. Uh, and I definitely want to bring Marcelo Ozuna back, and I definitely understand the appreciation for the advanced metrics and the peripheral metrics that say he's going to continue to produce. But it's just like, at some point, you need to make up your mind about the kids, and you haven't made up your mind about the kids yet, so let's do it and let's see what it is, unless you can get Ozuna on a one-year deal. But I, I'm with Matt Thompson and what he says here, for sure. What do you think, Kara?
1: I agree that I think Ozuna is, has always sort of been a weird puzzle piece for me. And I think Alex, on. Chirps was saying that Ozuna makes a lot more sense if he's not the guy. And I guess with Paul Goldschmidt there, he's not necessarily the guy, but like, if you can surround Ozuna with other pieces that make his streakiness not such a factor, then I think he's a huge asset to your team because of what he's capable when he's when he's hot, because that'll be just as much of a streak as the slumps are, right? Uh. But I don't know if that fits into what this team needs to be the best that it can be, especially when there's been this dynamic of needing to see what these young outfielders can do for like five seasons now. And instead they just keep shipping off the ones that maybe become expendable and then getting some minimal piece in return. Cause no one knows what they're capable of at the big league level. Cause they don't get a chance to play at the big league level. Cause there are too many of them. So I mean, it's, I don't know. I think Marcelo Zuna is an asset if you surround him with the right piece at, with the right pieces, but I don't know if this is a team that is in a position to do that when they don't even know what pieces they have.
0: Yeah, and I can't imagine being in the position of someone like John Mazelak or Michael Gersh. You know, yeah. the Cardinals trade Oscar Mercado, who is still technically, from a weighted runs created standpoint and, and an OPS plus standpoint, a below-average – major league outfielder uh, and people still freak out about that trade.
1: Yeah. I,
0: can't, I can't imagine what that's like. You know, I, I that, that's gotta be the worst position to be in. And, and it goes to show you like uh, how we have a tendency to overvalue and also like get really excited in an aggressive manner about success from old players uh, uh, at the, like, in a different environment, which brings us to our next point from Coach Housley. I want Ozuna back because the minute he leaves, he's going to hit 50 bombs and 105 (laughs) RBIs. And that's fine if he does it. And, like, I get that standpoint. But, you know, uh, as someone who's gone through uh, uh, a lot of really bad things in their life, you can't worry about what's going to happen after you're there. You have to worry about what you have and adjust. And what the Cardinals have is a $170 million payroll with a lot of internal outfield options. They can't focus on what they might not get. They have to focus on what they have, what they have to work with. Uh, And I, I just, like, I get that. I get worrying about Marcelo Zuna going to the Reds and hitting 50 home runs and driving in 135. But what, you know, if I'm in their position, what I'm thinking about is how to capitalize on the pieces that I have at the price tag that they're at.
1: But so I think the counterpoint to the fear of Ozuna tearing it up somewhere else is that what if they do sign him to a four year deal and he's terrible? Yeah. Like, I mean, yes, there is the possibility that he's going to go somewhere else and be good. But the same possibility is that he could sign in St. Louis and not be good. And then you block some of those young players because you signed him to a big contract. Like, it's the same thing for me as arguing about who is going to win a trade. I mean, the premise of of the trade isn't necessarily to give someone garbage (laughs) and you get an an all-star. Like, there has to be some value both ways for it to to make any sense. And, yeah, you run the risk of trading away somebody that's a better talent than what you get back. But sometimes you do that because that person doesn't fit what you're doing. I don't know. It just – you start worrying too much about what might happen somewhere else and it – makes a complicated process so much more complicated than it needs to be
0: yeah and at the same time we have a group of fans uh uh, myself included who just like say that Cardinals overvalue prospects yeah and if you're constantly concerned about what somebody's going to do when they're not in the Cardinal uniform then you're overvaluing their like their value in general in the first place so it's a complete lose-lose situation if you're trying to like take your own fandom out of it. In my particular opinion, uh, Anna Ziggy thirteen says, "I want to guarantee that if we don't re-sign him Ozuna, we find a neon sleeve replacement ASAP." I gotta tell you, I think Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill, both of those guys should commit to the neon arm sleeve. I'm with Anna Ziggy. They make a great point there, Anna. I'm with you.
1: I think Colton Wong could pull it off too.
0: Yes. Yes, I agree. Look, Colton Wong, he can pull up anything. You talk about, I mean, he he got it, yo. He got got that fight game. He got that cleat game. He got that (laughs) arm sleeve game. He got it. Yeah. Uh, Coach Housley says, Reed Detmers from Louisville, Louisville, is a stud. Grew up 30 minutes from me. Kid is a stud. I agree. And, you know, a lot of uh, early uh, early mock drafts have Detmers going to the Cardinals. And I think even Prospects Live, uh, their mock draft, has Detmers going to the Cardinals, and that'd be a great pick for the Cardinals. I agree. I personally will go with Wilcox. If Wilcox is there before Detmers, I'd go Ginn if Ginn falls uh, before I go Detmers. But there are a lot of collegiate pitchers uh, for the Cardinals to get excited about. Uh, Nick Loomis says Kyle does this shirt for uh, Kyle does this shit for hours. We are near hour two here on Prospects After Dark. <laughs> as long as there are questions, uh, uh, we will go with Prospects After Dark. We are the, the birds on the black family are the birds on the black of the people. And if you've got questions, we're willing to answer them. Uh, mostly flippantly, to be honest. Uh, Steele says, uh-oh, uh, Ashley joined Kyle. Stop talking about her. Uh, no, no, Ashley. I've got nothing bad to say about Ashley. She's great. Coach Housley says, cards seem to draft safe, average, very little boom-bust possibility. We say that, but you don't need to go back any further than the year that they drafted Dakota Hudson and Dylan Carlson and Delvin Perez with their first-round draft picks, uh, I think that it just depends on who they are. You know, Correa, uh, in his one year, he was an aggressive. He drafted Nick Plummer. That's a big boomer bust. Uh, and then he went to prison. And then uh, Randy Flores, in his first opportunity to draft, drafted Delvin Perez and Dakota Hudson and Dylan Carlson uh, in that order with his draft picks. Uh, I, then the next year, because of uh, 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 Correa, He lost his first two draft picks and had to draft in the third round. And then after that, he's kind of adjusted and adjusted and adjusted. It seems like with Randy Flores, his modus operandi is to draft the best available prospect, the best available player with their first round pick. Uh, That's how they got Nolan Gorman. That's how they got Zach Thompson. And that is what I appreciate. Uh, I do think if you look back a couple years, then you can see that the Cardinals had a very, very uh, succinct way of drafting the best collegiate pitcher. And you know what? That paid off. So I don't really have much in the way of a complaint. Uh, Anything there, Tara?
1: No, I think the draft strategy um, sort of evolving in the current baseball climate is super interesting. Um, But yeah, I I mean, I think there's plenty of um, boom or bust possibility with any of these guys. And uh, we've seen that very clearly with um who some of those most recent uh top draft picks have been for the cardinals
0: yeah you know the the major league baseball draft is such we called it a fickle mistress or something like that this time last year it's it's a complete crapshoot even now with the, the measurables and the analytics that i will never fault the cardinals for drafting a collegiate pitcher close to the majors who needs very little development to get there? Uh, because the object of the major league ba- draft, rather, is to get players to the major league level, and that's more rare than any of us give it credit for. Let's see. Uh, Matt Thompson says colleges are better developing environments than pro teams. Yeah, and at the athletic, I, and I didn't get to read it. I emailed it to myself. I didn't have time to read it. But Eno Saris, uh, for the athletic, wrote a great article, especially highlighting Mizzou. Uh, and the the amount of technological advancements that they've made to develop their hitters, uh, and maybe even compare it to what the Royals and the Cardinals do just in the state of Missouri. Uh, check if you have the Athletic subscription. Check out Eno know article about that. Uh, what's happening at the collegiate level? And you know, I, I think that collegiate football is the one that gets like all of the credit, all of like the follow. And if not collegiate football, then then basketball. But like. The, the, the technological and developments and improvements, they're, they're not just about like, facilities. It's about bringing the game into the new age, which, if we can tie this entire conversation back, brings us to the broadcast and what we want to see out of the broadcast. Yes. We don't want people beating up uh, the new age of baseball. We want people talking about how to improve baseball for the fans. If that makes sense at all. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It does.
1: Know. It does. It totally does. And I think what gets lost in this conversation about even the broadcast or in how we talk about baseball is that it's not that, and this is what I you knew the comment I was referring to when I said you should just read advanced stats to us for, uh, I ah. said two hours, but that's because I was going to leave after the seventh inning, obviously. Ah. Um, no, but I think what gets lost in translation with that is that no one's asking for that. What we're asking for is for people on air to not hate the game of baseball, the way that it exists in 2020, because it's not the same as it was in 1990. Like, that's not the case in any major sport anywhere. The games evolve and change. And it's really frustrating to be someone who appreciates everything good about the game even though we cannot all acknowledge there's some stuff that's not good about it um but to talk about it like it's actually good and exciting and impressive to watch instead of disparaging the talent that's on the field and the stories of the players and how much information is available to give us a better understanding of what's happening like it shouldn't be that hard to find people to talk about baseball who actually like talking about baseball in 2020, not 20 years ago. And that's all we're really asking for. And part of that is talking about how the game has developed over the last 10 years. I mean, you don't want to talk about the last decade. There's been a ton of development in how you analyze and understand and develop baseball players and, no one knows how that works because no one who, well, I shouldn't say no one that's generalization. Some people do a better job of it than others, but on those broadcasts, it's talked about like, it's a bad thing and not just as like the reality of baseball in
0: 2020. Yeah. And that's, a, in my opinion, that's a general like human characteristic where if we don't know anything. It, it, it makes me think of this, this clip from the newsroom, right now, now this is, this is a completely different tangent, but it's like, there was a time when we we aspired for like not intelligence that's unfair but there was like a, a reverence for intelligence it, yeah. it made us feel inferior and I, I feel like what we see out of the broadcast from from players who played in the eighties and in the early part of the nineties is they feel inferior by the intelligence by the the information that is being brought in and instead of aspiring to it they're belittling it because they're afraid of
1: it and that's why Kyle I don't like these even player of the decade things because the game is so different today than it was 10 years ago that it's not about saying baseball 20 years ago was bad because they didn't have WRC plus. Like that's not what anybody's saying, but it shouldn't be the flip side of that either. So it's really hard for me to compare, you know, a, a player in his prime today with a player in his prime 25 years ago, because the game was different. Not just because the terms we use to explain it are different. And that doesn't make one or the other bad it just is how it is so you're right like I think some of these older players feel like the, the the analytics people are talking down to them because they don't know stats and that's not really the point of wanting these stats explained it's just that it's different and different doesn't necessarily mean bad
0: yeah yeah. And I mean, maybe it goes back to the whole like analyzing media in general aspect of all of this, which is heavy, but like, maybe the best option is not to give one side. It's to give both sides. Here are the negatives. Here are the positives. And to have like, yeah. a really kind of discourse about it, uh, which goes back again to the, the WX OBA weighted on base percentage and all that stuff. But uh, we're going to continue to move on because there's no way I'm going to end prospects after dark until we get through all of the messages and uh i think
1: i'm gonna have to you're gonna have to um make me leave so that you can answer the questions quickly
0: tara if you are if you are happy about leaving uh i would not blame you for <laughs> a lot of here um uh, how about this i'll say this tara thank you so much for joining us uh i i really appreciate it i had a lot of fun this was great uh i i, I will say really quick everyone should check out chirps birds on the black podcast with uh tara wellman and alex chris Foley. I enjoyed greatly. And Tara, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for letting me crash the party.
0: That was great. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right. Have fun. I'll stick around in the comments, but do your your thing. Just don't
0: (laughs) put comments because I've got to go to the bathroom and I've got 28 messages to get through. (laughs) All
1: right. All right. All right. Bye.
0: Bye. All right. So Johnny G24 says, an Xbox when you were 10, uh, who are you trying to fool? Xbox came out when you were 25. To be fair, the reason I wanted an Xbox was because of Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, it came out in 20, 2003, which would have made me 16. I probably got it when I turned 17, so 2004. Blind Homer says, if I keep nagging, I'll get what I want. Then I want Lindor. Same here. Just keep keep, uh, uh, keep emailing. It's like uh, uh, John jmazelok at stlcards.com or something like that. Maybe it'll happen. Uh, Sean Sandifer says, if you could have one free agent this year, who is it? um, Who's left? I'll say Nick Castellanos, but uh, I don't even know if I want that. Johnny G says, will Luke and Baker be a triple? All right, double A this season? Yes, he will be at Springfield. Uh, Matt Thompson says, good insight on Gorman's personality. Non-high energy guys get criticized at times. That is a great point, Matt Thompson. Yeah, you know, uh, it's completely unfair. Uh, Sometimes it's – sometimes like the high energy, like they've got to be high energy. That's how you know they're successful – but if they're singularly focused, Tara's words are amazing there. Uh, they don't need to be high energy. We've seen that out of plenty of professionals, and we don't need to look any further than Paul Goldschmidt. Happy New Year to Randall Rhodes. Happy New Year, Randall, as I raise my glass of tequila. What a disaster. Billy Bats82 says, I need this Patriots game over 45 points for 2700 I don't know what's going on there, Billy Bats, but I hope that they go over the, the, the 45 points. Don't want anybody to be under uh, uh, the, the money. Uh, Coach Howley says, we are birthday brothers. That's awesome. I can't believe I said my birthday aloud. Oh, my God. Holy fuck. I can't believe I did that. Uh, Let's see. Uh, uh, Raymond Herring says, dang, that jersey is older than the show. Main demographic. That's great. Is Ivan Herrera for a big season this upcoming year? Yeah, I think we all agree that Ivan Herrera, catching prospect, 19 years old, a month younger than Nolan Gorman, is due for a big year. I'm anxious to see where they start him. Uh, He ended the year at Palm Beach. Only had like 100 plate appearances somewhere around there. I wouldn't be surprised if they bump him up to Springfield, uh, but I do think he's in store for a big year. Just remember if he goes back to Palm Beach, that his stats will be skewed. Uh, Rock Coffee says, BS, I agree. Johnny G24 says, Will Dex be a distraction if he doesn't start this year? He's going to start, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Isaac Smith says, The patch is intercepted and they're driving for a touchdown turn on the game. I'm not going to do any of that. Uh, T.Y. Travis White says, Malcolm Nunez, revenge season upcoming. I do think uh, Malcolm Nunez and uh, Jan Torres are going to have good seasons at Peoria. Coach Housley says dad was in the Cardinal system. That's awesome. Oh, uh, Detmers, Yeah, yeah, his dad was in the Cardinal system. I like that. Farmer uh, uh, Valla says deep thoughts on Victor Garcia and Terry Fuller. I am bigger on Terry Fuller than I am on Victor Garcia. Uh, Victor Garcia still has that supreme raw power that got him the bonus that he got. I just like Terry Fuller's full like, athletic spectrum, although Victor Garcia is a better outfielder. I like Terry Fuller's uh, full uh, athletic, like makeup. His ability to recognize pitches. I just want him to be a little bit more aggressive swinging. Uh, sh- blah, blah blah. Let's see. Uh, thank you, Tara. I agree. hi what's up, Octavius Rex? What's up, Octavius Rex? I'll raise my glass of tequila to you. Brother Market says first pad of 2020. Woohoo! I had no idea. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. This is the first pad of 2020. Uh, to all of the pad people, look, I, I don't raise my glass to the pad people enough. To all of my pad people, I raise my glass. Welcome to 2020 Prospects After Dark. Let's see. Keeper Dean Roach says, sup, dog. What's up, keeper? How are you, bud? Uh, Johnny says, Johnny G says, pad doesn't seem the same without all the squinting. Uh, look, if I take off my glasses, I can't see anything anymore. It's a whole thing. Uh, let's see. Happy New Year, friend. Come see a game at originally this year so we can heckle. I would love that keeper. I will make every opportunity I can to get to Chicago. Maybe I'll do like a Peoria to Chicago kind of thing so I can get to Peoria and also get to Chicago. Octavius Rex says, it's been a minute. It really has. Uh, Gus Sports says, happy New Year, Kyle and pad people. That's right. Uh, one more time, I'm going to raise my glass to my pad people. You're the best. And as always... My final cheers will be to my Birds on the Black people. To Tara Woman and Alec Crisofulli, who do who do chirps. To Ben Sorority, who does player projections and just amazing stuff. Uh, to Nicholas Childress, to, uh, uh, to Dennis, to Cards Cards. Uh, to Zach Gifford, to STO Cup of Joe, the founding members of Prospect, or of uh, Birds on the Black. Uh, uh, amazing to be a part of this group. As always, to Cardinals Gifts, I raise my glass as high as I possibly can. Just terrific, terrific. I can't tell you how amazing it is to have been constant communication with Cardinals Gifts. He is a legend amongst Cardinals Twitters. Uh, Twitters. Twitter. Uh, I raise my glass to all of the people on Birds on the Black, who I'm fortunate enough to be a part of. Uh, I raise my glass. I still have a little tequila in there. Uh, so one last time, if you were listening to this on the pod, if you were watching this live, you were part of the Reese Resistance uh, I hope if you've on the Patriots game on the over-under, you're coming up over. Uh, uh, but more more importantly to my pad people, to my bot people, uh, my bot B people, if you're listening to this, you're part of the resistance. If you're watching this, you're a part of the resistance. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. Thank you so much for the continued support. Uh, uh, one more time. Um, oh, Ned, for the continued support, thank you. And that's really all I have. I'm not joking. I've got to go to the bathroom. How many bullpen spots are actually in play? I don't think many. I think it all comes down to what happens with Cecil. Uh, What's the news on Tavis's injury? Uh, I don't know. Keeper, I've also been needing a reason to go to Peoria. Uh, who are we looking out there this year? Everyone. All right, look, I've got nothing. Uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, uh, thank you so much for being a part of this. If you listen to this, you're part of the Resistance. And as always, family, happy hunting.